If I had to choose, I know I'm gon' always choose to be with you Cause girl, don't you know? Girl, don't you know you're so beautiful I wanna give all my love to you, girl Not just tonight, but the rest of your life I wanna be always here by your side Girl, don't you know Good afternoon or good evening and welcome to the Vanguard. For Spike, the fattest of Tuesdays, Cohen, I am Matt Wright and together we are traversing the muddied waters of 
freedom. Hey, everybody. How are you doing? I'm Spike Cohen. I'm not sick, finally. Yeah. By the way, that's why we haven't had a show is because for like, what, two weeks? Well, the first week was because uh, New Hampshire apparently is stuck in the 1980s and you can't get decent internet service. Yes. Oh, yes. So there, that was that. Last, last week was illness. And now this week. And now this week. Right. So it wasn't only two weeks. Yeah. It was okay. I, I was thinking it was three weeks. Okay. Hey, everybody. I am not. I mean, I'm still kind of sick, but I should be able to do this show without coughing all over everyone. So... Pro tip, don't um, get the flu. Ever. Pro tip, don't go to New Hampshire in Janu- in February when you are a Southerner. And, go- and, and spend hours outside right. yelling while holding a stick with a pony on it. First and foremost, allow me to thank Justin. In my, in my new Kava Collective collectible uh, cup, Kava Collective collect- collectible cup, Kava Collective Collectible Cup. And allow me to think Aguapana. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, no, it's fancy. Aguapana natural spring water. Hey, it's me, Aguapana. <laughs> uh, which is uh, from the uh, blues. It flows through the beautiful sun-drenched hills of Tuscany. Uh, each drop is naturally filtered by the earth. And perfected by time on its 14-year journey to the spring. Hey, uh, you were drinking of me. Aguapana, thank you so much. Bulubanaka. Bulubanaka. This water is very good. Okay, so there's been a couple of weeks since uh, we've last been here. Yes. Um, The notes were done every single week. (laughs) (laughs) Just in case I could do the show. Just in case he could have done the show. and But but, but no. no. Um, No. So there's going to be a lot of stuff that we're not going to go over on this show, unfortunately. No, a lot of stuff. And I'm really upset because I had this huge thing planned out for Bloomberg, but now all of it is old news. I mean, you can still rant if you want, but... Eh. Well, I don't have the the sensor weep on. I don't have that one ready and loaded. Oh, no. Yeah, because I was just going to be talk about how Bloomberg talked about the african-american community but i was just going to bleep the entire thing and then say those are his words oh well anyway he did that yeah he did that he did do that this episode is brought to you by the libertarian party dad bod calendar yes twelve dollars shipped look at that look at those nipples um sexy 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 Spike Cohen's on there a bunch of other sexy libertarian men be sure to buy it today so that you can hang this and other pictures of sexy libertarian men from your fridge or wherever else you would hang sexy libertarian men from in your home. LibertarianDadPod.com, $12 ship. Get it now. This episode is also brought to you by the Libertarian Party Waffle House Caucus. Be sure to get our damn buttons. $2 for a small button, $5 for a large button. Inbox us today to ask how because it's a little complicated. But we can get it to you. We can get those buttons to you. They're good buttons. Fastest growing caucus in the whatever. It is April all all year long. April all year long. It's always oh with libertarian bad. Listen, I don't know if you like April, but if you get this calendar, you're gonna love April. For the eagle-eyed watchers in our in our crowd, you can see the it's behind me at all times. Yeah, just watching you. Yeah, 
all of the spikes look, watching look, you. Right. It's like having multiple uh, spike angels and devils on my shoulder. How would you like, yeah, it's just telling you all these conflicting things. <laughs> <laughs> just giving you like a bunch of really bad ideas all across the spectrum of right. good and of, of bad ideas. But they're all bad. Some are just more moral than others, but they're all if terrible. You take a ideas. look at it. This is sort of like the uh, political compass. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Set out like a political compass. This is a political compass. The top left will put you in a gulag. That's him actually (laughs) celebrating. That's him celebrating gulagging a bunch of bourgeoisie. And the bottom bottom right wants to buy drugs or sell drugs to you. Bottom left just wants to. The bottom right's aiming for uh, prostitution to be legal. Yeah. No, he's sex work is work, says bottom right. Uh, Bottom left just wants to lay there and enjoy life until he starves. Uh, bottom uh, top right um, is uh, like pushing some kind of like Aryan supremacy thing there, which is because right. I'm Jewish. <laughs> um, it's a, it's an odd look because I'm Jewish, but he's got the slick back, you know, traditional man look there. And then the middle guy, he's just happy to be here. Right. He's just trying to he's, hold it all together. He's just happy to be here, guys. So, yeah, libertariandadbod.com. Tell us your theories about this. This this makeup this spectrum that I've put together there, um, yeah. So uh, so Matt, how was your two weeks? <laughs> you know my two weeks. My two weeks have been two weeks. Um, going, you know, doing lots of lots of do th- new things happening in nice. my life. Right. Trying to trying to just get one of them to strike. Um, Good, just well, any of them. Don't really care which. Just any of them. Well, we got so we got some comments here. Uh, Chris Reynolds says fancy water, and then he says uh, spike tax month Cohen, which screw you, whatever. That's it's actually true, and I didn't realize that until you said it. So thank you. Um, so uh, let's see here. Oh, uh, uh, Makeli Tunakuvadra. I know I've ruined that name forever. Said uh, Bula Brothers. This emoji apparently exists. Um, it's the hang loose emoji. How, how, I assume you know how to say that name? Mm-hmm, I do. Okay, good. So I'll be the one saying <laughs> that just to make it more awkward. Um, Aaron D'Antoni said he's got his calendar. Thank you, Aaron, of course. And uh, yeah, in fact, he's actually got a signed one. So I hand delivered his to him and signed it. Yeah, mine, mine is autographed too. It says, I'll never forget the summer of 97 or something. Yeah, yeah. I could turn around and look, but it's a good summer. I don't. I actually don't remember what happened then, <laughs> but I know I didn't know you, so I just wanted to put that there. Um, yeah. So yeah, before I, we get, oh, go ahead. I I remember my summer of '97. That was not a great summer. Yeah, mine was. I think I got my license, or my permit. So before we get started on this show. Uh, a friend of ours named uh, Justin Tucker, and I'm going to put the link to his GoFundMe in the show notes. Uh, he had a not good few weeks. Um, he is a really great guy. He's with the Libertarian Party of Chicago. He's a great guy. He's a supporter of our campaign. He's also just a, a, a really good guy all around. Um, he had a, a terrible fire in his apartment. Thankfully, he uh, was able to get out. No one was hurt. But he also lost everything. If he didn't have it on his person, he lost it. So all of his clothes, all of his belongings, everything. And so he needs some help. And so we're trying to get him help to get uh, a uh, a new place, but more, but also you know, furniture, clothing, some stuff to actually put in his apartment 
it, wherever he's going to be living so that he has, you know, something. Um, and so I'm putting in the show notes, I'm putting the, uh, the link to where you can go to help. Uh, if there's anything you can give or if you can even just share it, that would be great. And we would greatly appreciate it. Uh, Justin, you're a great friend and a um, great supporter. And we, uh, we hope that you can get back on your feet um, and that, uh, that this helps you to be able to, uh, to, be able to get back uh, as whole as possible. Um, so with that, we can get started on the not-so-rapid-fire segment of Muddied Waters. It's actually a rapid-fire segment. We just aren't good at moving rapid. on. Yeah, we are we are good at keeping these brief. So um, I like to dwell. For everybody, for everybody out there who's watching the uh, Democratic debate, uh-huh. um, apparently they're still attacking Bloomberg, but uh, they're also attacking. Thank you to Chris Reynolds for my updates here. Uh, they're also attacking Bernie. Br- Bloomberg saying Russia is promoting Bernie. <laughs> Warren says Bernie can't pay for his proposals, which I mean that's. That's brazen that's, coming from Warren. That is a, Pete quite an a, a, quite an accusation <laughs> from Liz Warren. From Liz Warren, yeah, hits home, and yet. And then uh, Pete is saying he's nicer and younger than Bernie, and then Biden is trying to remember where he is and telling a story from 1963. Correct. Uh, yeah, that would be. That's right. how I would have. If someone had said, "How oh, so, do you think this would have went?" It would have been all of that, minus the "How are you going to pay for it." That's a that's a pull. It's a brave hail mary uh, yeah, that's from a, Liz that, Warren there. That's big from Liz Warren. Um, that is did, big. Did you see what Biden did? Did everybody please uh, tell anybody see what Biden said today? I did not. So no, oh, I sent you the link. Um, <laughs> today I'm going to actually have to pull that up because I want to make sure that I get this quote exactly right. I want to look at this too. This is something you texted me. Yeah, it's oh, the there last it is. Not sure you so did. he said, <clears throat> where I come from, you don't get far unless you ask. My name's Joe Biden. I'm a Democratic candidate for the United States Senate. Look me over. If you like what you see, help out. If not, vote for the other Biden. Give me a look, though, okay? So we could just break this, this, these three sentences down. Okay, Joe Biden, he got that right. <laughs> Started off candidate. real solid. Democratic candidate. Yep. So far, he's got two. Nailing it. For the United States Senate. Yep. Uh-oh. No, nope, no. Nope. No. That's where he, he, that's where he starts sliding. That's actually Look me true. over. All right. Well, see, if you like what you see, help out. All right. Yeah, you got that. Although you did tell everybody you were running for Senate literally six words ago. And uh, if not, vote for the other Biden. Who is the other Biden? It is possible that Vermin Supreme is already playing jokes on us and has brought <laughs> us a second Biden from another timeline who decided to just run for Senate forever, but who is also aware that there is yet another Biden in this timeline who is running for president. That would make this statement makes sense short of that that's the only way that's the only way this sentence makes sense i past that i so joe biden give me a look though okay okay well i looked and it turns out you think you're running for senate yeah I, i i honestly 
I honestly don't know. We have like a video. There is a video on here. I didn't have enough time to pull it from here to put it in the notes to show everybody. So imagine. Oh, go go ahead. But uh, yeah, he is. He has to be fighting dementia every day. I wonder. I wonder. Or he just doesn't have the chops to do this, and and you know he's freezing up in front of people and just making stupid statements. But I I have to think that he might be kind of losing it a little bit. Imagine little bit. you are a paid Biden staffer whose career hinges on how well Biden does. And at this point, you're thinking, yeah, he's probably not going to get the presidency, but maybe we can, I don't know, get him to win South Carolina and maybe some Super Tuesday states before the DNC sells the whole thing to Bloomberg. And every time this man speaks, you are on eggshells. And so you're watching you're watching this unfold, and he's probably just finished talking about how he threatened to hang a black man in the 50s um as he is wont to do um with a chain because they were jumping off the old diving board and so you think well america's used to that he wasn't wearing a swim cap he wasn't wearing a swim cap so those were the pool rules he He was just following orders so corn pop has to die (laughs) and um and and so you you know you hear that and you think you know that they're they're used to this story now. I don't think it can hurt us anymore. And then he starts, he goes, he goes, you know, uh, you're the ones who sent Barack Obama the presidency. And I have a simple proposition here. I'm here to ask for your help. And they go, okay, this is, uh, there may have been a better way to say that, but okay. Uh, and then he goes, where I come from, you don't get far unless you ask. Well, you know what? That's a, that's a, a nice grassroots bootstrap message. Yeah, that's folksy. That's a folksy, no malarkey type of message. And then, <laughs> then my name's Joe Biden. Yes. Good job. So I'm far. liking it. I'm feeling I'm good about this going. statement. I'm feeling good. He did say his name correctly. We're going to I'm reading the transcript. I'm assuming he pronounced his name correctly. Uh, I'm, a, I'm a Democrat candidate. Bring it home, Joe. <laughs> You're doing great. Joe's bringing it home. Great. Don't threaten to murder any of the people in the audience, and I, or, or have their children touch your legs underwater, and we'll and we're and, or call them roaches. This is I, I'm feeling good about the black vote in South Carolina for the United States Senate. Well, maybe they didn't hear that. Hopefully, they didn't. Hear maybe that. they thought. Well, you know, sometimes people misspeak. I'm sure at least once every once in a while, I'll talk about people being principled libertarians, and I'll slip and say principled conservative, and I'll hopefully correct myself and realize I said the wrong thing. And then, and so, but you know what? Look me over. If you like what you see, help out. Okay, okay. He's going to stop talking soon. If not, vote for the other Biden. So there's a point where you cut your losses. <laughs> So we're so we're actually going to get into a lot of the um, a lot of the Democratic primary here in a little bit because uh, there is a lot to unpack yeah. on the Democratic part on the Democratic primary and a lot to what's to be expected coming up into Super Tuesday yeah uh, and beyond Super Tuesday. By the way, Dan Faust says uh, we looked. Uh, we did look him over, and he is still sniffing people and and munching on them occasionally as well. <laughs> And that's also true. Like that doesn't help the chewing on people. No, I mean it was his either. wife, but that hasn't been a a valid defense for decades. Right. It's okay. It was my wife. You still can't eat people. <laughs> <laughs> Turns out, 
Um, so speaking of like really stupid things that you just scratch your head and go, what the hell? What the, the hell's happening right now? Debate this weekend. Libertarian debate in Florida. For um, anybody that doesn't consider the Libertarian Party a real party and uh, they don't want to waste their time uh, looking into these candidates, definitely don't watch that debate. Definitely not. Um, <laughs> or just skip whenever you hear someone named Mark Whitney. Might help. Or Lincoln Chafee. Or, well, yeah, no, I guess him too. Um, <laughs> just, just, I guess, mute those ones. Because um, the rest was going well, right, Matt? I mean, no, the rest but, of the... So everybody else was actually pretty good. Um, Adam Kokesh was very Adam Kokeshy, mm-hmm. And whether you like Adam or you hate Adam, Adam is very gr- good at staying on message. Yes. And he has the ability to get everybody very excited about what he is saying. Mm-hmm. He is really very good at so. that. Yep. Um, Joe Jorgensen was Joe Jorgensen. Um, she was not vivacious. She tried to bring a little bit of vivaciousness to it. Uh, and she, As promised in her flyers. As promised in the flyer. Um, I, think, I think I actually still have that. Yeah, right here. Vivacious. Yeah, vivacious. It's one of these words here. I'm not sure which one. Um, <laughs> but uh, she she tried to bring some vivaciousness. Didn't really pan out that well for Jacob Hornberger. He looked exactly for, uh, for a lot of you out there might be going, who are these people? All of these people are running for president. As a All these people are running for president. Uh, Jacob Hornberger, uh, he's kind of he's kind of pushed as the uh, Ron Paul 2.0 revolution 2.0 kind of guy. Mm -hmm. Uh, And he did, he did really well. I thought this was the first time I had seen him debate and he did a really good job debating. Um, Chris Reynolds says Adam Kokesh is dreamy. I think he looks a lot like Jonathan Brandis. I'm not going to say they're the same person, but that video was definitely creepy. It's so creepy, right? So creepy. I tweeted because when you first said that, when you're like, "Oh, he's Jonathan Brandis," and I'm like, "No, the hell he isn't." I'm like, "That I don't even see it." And because I mean, their hair is a lot different, and, and Adam has like a beard and everything. I was like, "No." And then I you did that video, and I'm like, "Oh no." Oh, <laughs> um, <laughs> like, uh oh. Dan Dan Berman, he did a great job uh, as Dan does Berman job. does. He's very educational, and mm-hmm. he's got a good amount of uh, comedy. Vermin Supreme, obviously, he's Vermin. Like you know, you know what you know you're what gonna you're going to get. get. And in fact, Vermin presented himself as the voice of reason at this debate, which is just perfect. And 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 actually did a good job at pre- presenting himself as the voice of sobriety and 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 and, and reason. In and in John, what was? Go ahead. And John and John Mons, first time I'd seen him debate, he he was really. I thought. He was pretty impressive. He yeah. did a lot on his resume as opposed to what he planned to do. Right. Which I get. You need people to know who you are. Who you are. He was going point. in with people going, who the hell is this? And and, and right. interested so, to find out more about him. So it was probably right. a good so idea to do his that. resume, which I get. And so yeah. I'm looking forward to the next time when maybe he's looking at saying more of his policies. And then we had. Good old Mark Whitney. Mark Whitney. Mark Whitney. Mark Whitney. You know how 
sometimes you got to pour one out for your homies that aren't with you anymore. Mark Whitney did that to his entire campaign. I'm not going to actually pour this out because it's really expensive right. water. I'm not pouring my but I, but I, <laughs> I'm not pouring out my like $6 a bottle of water. Um, I, I, but, um, I'm not pouring out my kava anywhere near my electronics. So Mark uh, Whitney, I'm not even going to pull up the interview, but he, he uh, coming out of California where he did not do as well as I think he would have hoped uh, in the, I, I think he did well in the debate, but maybe not so much in the polling afterwards. Yeah, Mr. Uh, he gave a uh, uh, um, uh, interview with Gary Doan of the Libertarian Republic where he basically said that uh, he, he gave a lot of standard talking points on why we shouldn't elect Lincoln Chafee, and they were pretty well true. I think he was a little rough with how he was presenting it, but he was making a good point. Uh, and then he called Jacob Hornberger a fraud who is only in this to sell books, and he doesn't even know if he's actually a real attorney or at least not one of any real importance. Then he went on a impressively long screed uh, for the next few days uh, leading up to the Florida convention, which was the following weekend, last weekend. And he basically called out Chafee and Hornberger, but mostly Hornberger, in very vulgar and explicit terms. Uh, And it actually reached the point where the Libertarian Party of Florida asked all of the candidates to not swear during the televised portions of the event, including the debate, because they're going to be families and children there, and also because they would like to get picked up by local news and C-SPAN and all that stuff. And that doesn't happen when you have someone um, saying swear words every fourth or fifth word. bombs. Yeah. And so they said, we're not going to stop you from doing it. Just know we'll have to not stream it live because of that. Um, And so he accused them of violating his First Amendment right. And went on to a whole thing there and then showed up to the debate where he attacked, I think, everyone in the room at some point. He um, um he did. He uh, he said, I'm going to see. I, he said that he is the only candidate worth voting for because all of the others had failed everybody in the room for uh, their lack of standing up for what is right when it comes to the First Amendment. Now, for those who don't remember, the First Amendment uh, guarantees that the government will not stop you from speaking. Uh, It also allows you to set your criteria in your own private organization for what you would like to hear. So, for example, if I were to have you come to my house and I'd say, hey, listen, you're free to be and say whoever you want, but this is a a very religious household. So we would rather you not, you know, blaspheme or, or swear or say certain words. I have every right to do that. And if you decide you don't want to do that, that's fine. You don't have to be in my home in the same token, a private. Yeah. I literally put Matt on the street because he would not stop saying uh, that the King James Bible was not the literal word of God verbatim. I said, get the hell out. I said, get the, I said, get the, get the heck out. Yeah, get the H E double hockey sticks get, out. Get the H, gosh darn H E double hockey sticks out. Right. Gosh darn you. <laughs> and I had every right to do that. And Matt had every right to scream obscenities uh, just outside of my front yard uh, that evening. So he, not, so not according to the Myrtle Beach police. No, they actually were not <laughs> as happy about that. Turns out they violated your rights and i'm sorry that they had to take your luggage um but so 
in a similar situation. Uh, oh, and also uh, before the event, uh, Mark posted that uh, uh, Hurricane Irma was going to be nothing compared to what he was about to do to Florida, which is definitely what you want to say uh, when you're about to go somewhere that has been devastated by the hurricane, hurricane. you just named. Right. So he went yes. there and he uh, he went there and attacked everyone and got booed a lot. And then... So, well, first... Uh... <laughs> Arvin Bora, I forgot Arvin Bora was there. Arvin, Arvin Bora, Bora actually, he actually impressed me, and that made me so mad. Um, he did a really good job, and I, God, it made me mad. Um, How dare you perform every, well, Arvin? Yeah, every time that Arvin spoke, he stood up, which I thought was hilarious because they didn't know he was going to do that, and so they had the camera centered on him. And when he stood up, you just got like this really close up of his crotch for about ten seconds before they were like, "Oh crap, back up." And um, so then after after Arvin did that, Whitney started doing it. He copied Arvin's thing, Ar- Arvin's uh, idea of standing up every time. Mm-hmm. And so then he started standing up, never answered a single question that was asked, asked yeah. to him. Every question, he just talked about First Amendment, censorship, authori- authoritarianism, and how the people of Florida – the people of the Libertarian Party of Florida. <laughs> the people in the room. The people in the room. The yeah. people he is trying to convince to vote for him. Yeah. Uh, we're all authoritarians who are trying to censor his speech. And he, because he couldn't say the F word, he kept calling them all Mother Jacobers. <laughs> <laughs> which, which, let's just stop for a second. That is kind of funny but but not appropriate in this in this situation jacob is 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 running a a very principled campaign and has many very positive things to say and you're running for an office to try to talk to people about their freedom and you know again i'm on vermin supreme's campaign so i'm all about humor and and satire but i think when you're hitting people and 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 being mean now it's not funny anymore now you're being a, a jerk i would that, be lying if Mo- mother jacob or didn't make me chuckle uh, just a little again and i like jacob like i like him a lot yeah, but i i can't and, help I, I can't help and the first few times yeah but he like he, he, still, he, he, he keeps doing it yeah, he's yeah now it's it, just yeah. now it's not it's, funny anymore yeah now it's not even haha funny it's not it's not even chuckle right. funny and it now he's kept, beating a live horse, and it's just like that makes no sense. Yeah, it's just getting worse and worse. And so then, uh, what was this yesterday or the day before? Early in the morning, uh, he wrote. Uh, he announced. Oh, so, oh go ahead. Uh, the day after the debate, Sunday. Yes. He dropped out. Yeah. Yeah. So he wrote uh, in response to a peaceful act of civil disobedience. Non-aggressive libertarians, quote unquote, have issued multiple death threats to members of my team. My family is scared. I am scared for my physical well-being and the Republic. I will bang my drum elsewhere. Thank you to everyone who supported the campaign and my family, especially Boomer Shannon, C. Michael Pickens, Larry Sharp, Jim Turney, Dan Hayes, uh, Aaron Adams, Michelle Renee, and Jeff Hewitt. You will not be forgotten. Now, this is based on a single campaign team member who has said that he got multiple death threat voicemails from multiple state affiliates, members of different state affiliates whom he will not name, give the phone numbers, or release the voicemails. As we say often here, 
This could very well be true. We don't have any evidence of it. Right. So a few hours later, Mark Whitney says, change my mind, keep banging. <laughs> so... <laughs> Currently, uh, if you're not watching us, or if you are watching us, currently there is an "Ask Me Anything" with Mark Whitney going on. Oh, really? Don't turn really? Away, don't tune away. <laughs> but you'll be able to watch that thing. afterwards. Yeah, go go and watch that afterwards if you don't watch the highlights of the debate. I don't know. Um, <laughs> what's that? It's sad because the first time I saw him, I was like, "Man, I kind of like this guy." Yeah. I kind of like this guy. Mm-hmm. And then I, he, there were a few things he was doing on his campaign. That I was like, yeah, it's a little questionable. And then all of the, like, he, and he was like kind of riding. I was riding him. I was like, all right, yeah, I, I like it. And then he plateaued, took a small dip. I was like, well, we'll see how he does in the debate. And then yeah, the few days know, right he, before the debate, it was just yeah. like, he just lit his entire campaign on fire. Yeah. Like I have seen multiple people who I know have, been at least considering supporting him mm-hmm. like he would be somebody they would think about voting for right right completely switch and now they're like i can't support this lunatic on paper it looked really good on paper, funny guy okay. lifetime member of the party knows the law very well he has a very compelling story about how he got himself out of prison for tax fraud mm-hmm. and 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 uh bank fraud and all these other things yeah, it was bank, bank, bank fraud, and then also he owed a ton of money to the, to the IRS, and he was able to work through all of that. He has a very compelling story. Yeah, I'm not sure what he thought this would look like. I do think he's doing the "there is no such thing as bad publicity." I think he's proving that incorrect. I think <laughs> you can have a mixture of good and bad publicity, but there has to be a balance. And you have to have a compelling message behind it. Right. I think if you're just attacking people and making a repeated false declaration that your rights are being violated by, by the way, I'm being told that according to the Florida Convention Committee, this was always the policy that if there is swearing at their their live stream debates that they will not stream them because they want this to be something that your family can watch. And I can actually I can actually vouch that statement. Because that you used I to be involved in libertarian, right? I've been involved in that. Yeah. So this was not uh, new. It just had to be reiterated due to that. Um, so it's 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 sad. I don't know if there is such a thing as a course correction possible now, and I don't know if he wants to. So here's my thing. Because of, uh, I know he's going to be in Alabama this week. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the Texas debates coming up. And I know that he is one of the ones on the stage still at this point, because yep. I am certain he has donated enough money. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, no, he's definitely donated enough for the pay for play debate in uh, Texas that we talked about in the last episode. I think it was the last episode. Yeah, it may have been the last episode. Yeah, it was either the last episode or the episode before and- that, where we talked about Texas libertarian party of Texas's just completely naked payola scheme for for having people 
have to donate to the party in and the ones that donate the most get allowed on the stage yeah which right which now is, it's just... uh adam kokesh dan berman mark whitney jacob hornberger and i can't remember who the fifth person is. i, I think firm i think vermin's the fifth person no nope. well, he's sixth we have intentionally said if people want to donate to this that's fine but we're not gonna get into a pay for, for pay for play so yeah no, we'll, he, we'll see how it happens behind dan berman oh okay so anyway we'll see so uh the uh so uh, you know we'll, we'll see how this goes but i i don't know how you course correct from this other than to go just kidding and i don't know if that helps yeah that does that's not gonna work that actually either. doesn't help so i'm no. not i'm not sure course correction is possible here and i'm it doesn't look like there's any appetite uh, for him. Speaking of uh, men who uh, apparently there's no appetite for, Harvey Weinstein. People who flamed out. People who uh, flamed out impressively for no good reason. Harvey Weinstein uh, found guilty of rape in the third degree and criminal sexual acts in the first degree. But he was not found guilty of the more serious charges. Isn't that correct? He was not found guilty of the more serious charges. Okay. Which... I don't know what those are because rape in the third degree, which I'm assuming rape in the first degree maybe is more serious and criminal sexual acts in the first degree seem pretty bad. So I can't imagine what the, um, I I think there was one he was accused of actually like brutally physically like holding down and raping a woman. So it was like a a higher level of sexual assault and he was found not guilty of that Um, or that they didn't have enough evidence of that happy way. Um, yeah, the, 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 the lesser rapes, he was found guilty of the lesser rapes. Um, but he went straight to Riker. I have actually haven't been following this because I was pretty sure he was going to commit suicide, uh, before any of this. happened. he went to Riker's Island immediately. Um, immediately upon sentencing or even before before sentencing. sentencing. No, he went after sentencing. Oh, okay. Uh, I just wrote that wrong. Uh, during the announcement of the verdicts, he was whispering, but I'm innocent multiple times as each one, uh, came through. Apparently he was very stoic and stone faced through the entire thing. Once he got to Rikers Island though, uh, he was rushed to the hospital with chest pains. And now many people are thinking what Spike said, he's going to commit suicide because I'm certain he knows a lot about right. For those of you who listen to us on your favorite podcasting app, thank you. And um, yeah, that's in quotes on the committing suicide. Oh, yeah. Committing suicide, quote, unquote, in the same way that Jeffrey Epstein committed suicide, suicide. quote, unquote. Right. Um, Because like Jeffrey Epstein, he knows a lot about rapey people. Who would not want you to know that they are rapey people. That's right. So that happened. So yeah, Harvey Weinstein, uh, if I believe that his sentencing will last up to, I think it's 45 years. And being the fact that he's like 68 means he will probably die in prison. Um, If he doesn't die before that because of a suicide. A suicide or a, a, you know, medical why are my medical. fingers not yet? medical cra- I'm having a hard time lining up my finger. Here we go. 
medical crisis. Yeah, you got to go in front of the. You have to go in front um, of the thing. I was having a hard time. Uh, yeah. So yeah, so that didn't happen. Speaking of uh, people who also did not kill themselves, Phil Philip Haney. Yes, former Haney. D- Department of Homeland Security official under Obama, was found dead in an. Op- so Matt, apparent suicide. Matt wrote apparent suicide in the notes with the SpongeBob alternating uppercase lowercase, and I wish I knew how to say it that way. Um, with a gunshot wound to his chest. Single, single gunshot wound to his chest. I forgot to put that in there because that's how you kill yourself. Yeah, Haney and the firearm were found next to his vehicle at a parking lot near two highways. Because that's how you do it. Because if you're going to kill yourself, you're going to go to a parking lot. Get you're going to, at, in, at two major highways, then you're going to get out of your car, and then you're going to shoot yourself in the chest. In the chest. In the chest. In the chest. Because that won't hurt. Yeah, you're not dying immediately there. You're unless gonna, you're going like, to like, ace, ace shot. Like, that's... I mean, the whole point of if you're... if And, and let's, let's do this. If you have ever considered committing suicide, there are people who can help you. And we are not making light of suicide. And please reach out to us. We would be happy to talk you through it or give you a hotline number for whatever state or country you're in to get the help that you need so we can help you through this time. We are not making light of suicide. Let's make that very clear. We are not making light of suicide. We are making light of them trying to convince us this is suicide. That this is suicide. Because I have to think that if I wanted to shoot myself, I probably don't want to hurt a lot for like a half hour. No. Or t- five minutes or whatever. No. I would want it to end immediately and not have to suffer. Because ostensibly, if you're doing this, it's to end the suffering. So you wouldn't want to suffer more. Right. Like, for example, shooting yourself in the chest. Ouch. So one of my, this will come as absolutely no shock to anybody. Um, one of my favorite singers of all time is Elliot Smith. If you don't know who Elliot Smith is, think of the saddest music you can ever think of and then multiply that by 10. That's Elliot Smith. Um, he died by apparent suicide. One of the huge questions on whether or not it was suicide or not is he stabbed himself in the chest twice. Ow. But I actually kind of believe he did that. <laughs> I mean, ow. Yeah, I mean, you had to have the wherewithal to pull it out and pull it back in. And then uh, do it again, ow. Do it again, yeah. Um, no, I mean, I, I guess if you're... That, I guess but, if you're, like, drugged enough, you could do something crazy like that. You didn't drive to a parking lot and get out and go, ooh, this fresh air is nice. I'm going to blast myself in the chest. Like it hurts rate. when I say it. Yeah, I know. I know. Wait. I, like, ouch. Right. Oh, also, by the way, uh, he did this in the open and public. And just total coincidence, he was planning a new book in which he was going to release 
it was it, it was going to be called National Security Meltdown. Uh, that I guess was going to talk about all his, all of the follies he witnessed in Department of Homeland so, Security. Actually, this is the second book. There is oh. another one out there. Um, okay. This was going to be the new one. Now, he gave the Democrats a lot of flack over their treatment of the whistleblower in the Trump Ukraine thing. Okay. Um, because when he was a whistleblower, they dragged his name out and spread it everywhere. Mm, okay. Um, and they did not pay attention to anything that he said. He wrote a book earlier. I can't remember what that one's called. I didn't put it in the notes. Um, he, uh, he wrote another book. Uh, and this was going to be the sequel to that book that had everything that wasn't originally in the first one. Okay. And now that it's been like enough time, his lawyers were like, yeah, you can release that stuff now, I guess, or whatever. I don't know. Right. And, uh, information or and so yeah. he was getting ready to release that book that was supposed to be coming out this spring. It still may be coming out this spring. I would imagine it's done already. Um, and, <clears throat> but he committed suicide by shooting himself in the chest in a parking in the ch- lot. Chest in the parking lot right before his new book was going to come out. Right. So that definitely didn't happen. Um, speaking of things that, well, we we know happened. Um, and still have some difficulty processing. Um, we are increasingly looking at a Democratic Party convention that didn't kill itself. <laughs> because uh, Bernie... Uh, go, Chris, go I know you're going to get this on a delay, but uh, he just put in the comments, weirdly, he also just got a haircut and picked up his dry cleaning. If that's true... If that's true, that is every bad detective novel ever where they try to be like, oh, this guy killed himself. Anyway, who picks up? Yeah, if that's the case, if, then... if that is true. And I don't know if that's true or not. So I'm not going to like state that that is a true thing. But God, I hope that's true. If that's true. The idea that you went from and I got to get my hair, you know, cut and and oh, I better pick oh, up my, my, my stuff. I need to look sharp. Yeah, I got to pick up the dry clean so I can look sharp at my next soiree. And then on the drive home, you go, you know what? Actually, I hate my life so much that I'm going to shoot myself in the chest because I don't care about anything anymore. That is an impressive mood swing. Uh, Chris says he obviously made that up, and that makes me so sad because I wanted it to be that dumb. I really wanted it to be that dumb and brazen. I wanted it to be like he just like signed up for some online courses and you know i don't know some other forward thinking thing bought a car he he recently found out he's having a grandchild yeah (laughs) and he's like picking out stuff from the registry right and he's like actually you know what let me shoot myself in the chest real quick (laughs) um Again, not making fun of suicide, making fun no, of the, this of narrative. No, suicide, like, we, if you are even considering it, we want to, we personally want to help please, you through it. Like, that's, messages. like, please. But this is stupid. Right. This did not happen. This did not happen. <laughs> Speaking of, I'm sure Chris is going to throw more inf- misinformation at us just for the fun of it. Yep. Uh, brokered, it's looking like we're gonna have a brokered convention and we're gonna tell you what that means but it's <laughs> it means <laughs> is what it means uh 
So Matt, tell us yeah. about what's been going on. So just for a little backstory here, last night when Spike and I were texting, I told him, I don't really pray to any God in particular, but right now I'm really praying for a broker convention. Yeah. Because I haven't ever seen one in my lifetime, nope. and I would really like to. Yeah. <laughs> and I want to see what happens. So I want to see it. As we all know, Bernie won Nevada over the weekend, racking up 24 delegates. Joe Biden added to his tally with nine. Booty Judge snagged another three. This means that right now the totals are Bernie with 45, Booty Judge with 26, Biden with 15, Warren with eight, and Old Clubs with seven. South Carolina votes on the 29th, and Joe Biden is clinging to that lead just as slightly as he possibly can. And yeah, so it's it depends on who you ask. Uh, a PP people, PP how many PP poll, PP people? There's uh, several P's and then poll, public policy, something mm-hmm. poll. According to a, a, a one poll, uh, he's uh, uh, Biden is, is is now walking away with it, thirty six to twenty one to, to to Bernie. Other ones have it a lot closer. Anything from a tie between Joe Biden and Bernie to Joe only having winning by four points. But the, the general consensus is that Joe is clinging to at least a, a modest lead yeah five uh 538 538 yeah 538.com um has has uh joe up and i checked this earlier but i think uh they have him up by like two to three percent as opposed to the 12 percent it was last week or the week right. before right um so he is he is losing, and the fact that he just went there today and said that he was running for Senate uh, probably isn't helping. I cannot imagine that moved anyone off the fence to support him. Right, right. That's a that's a good way to put that. Like I can't think yeah. anyone was like, well, you know, I wasn't well, sure who I was supporting, but when I heard Joe Biden say that he doesn't know what the fuck he's even running for, that spoke to me. That's the kind of candidate I can. That's get the kind of, I want a candidate who has no idea. Who has no idea what they're what's doing. What's happening? <laughs> um. So <laughs> everything. This is the uh, final election before Super Tuesday, mm-hmm. uh, and only about four percent of delegates are are going to be distributed by this point, right. or after after Saturday. Uh, so here is where everything gets fun, 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 fun. According fun. to 270 to win, it is predicted Bernie will win the delegate count in the primaries with 1,253.5 delegates. Okay. Biden not far behind at 1026 based on polling averages. Uh, these numbers are going to change based yep. on people dropping out and delegates shifting and that sort of thing. Um, and and if Joe wins South Carolina, the narrative going into Super Tuesday is going to be Joe Mentum and you right. know the the Biden comeback and and you know all the all the the drama that media wants to put in it to get you to watch you know and pretend something is changing. So that could affect the outcome as well. You could end up seeing a much more even. Uh, delegate takeaway from Super Tuesday, which is <laughs> so, and according to uh, 538, which mm-hmm. I believe was the most accurate in the 2016 election, I believe. Um, 538 
538 uh, were the ones who uh, a couple days before the 2016 election were saying Trump has a better than one in three chance of winning. So and everyone who's already popping champagne corks for Hillary's win, you should maybe pay attention to the way the polls are playing out, especially in the the, bus, the Rust Belt state. So they called that Trump had almost even chances of winning, which he did. So Right. Um, so according to 538, Bernie has a two and five shot of winning more than half the pledged delegates. Okay. Which... Not bad odds. However, no one has the exact same odds. Meaning nobody getting that. The, the odds right, are yeah, just no, as equal. Literally, no, no, no one, not nobody else. None of the above has none, an yeah. equal chance of getting half the votes. Right. So no one, and early predictions from 538 has Bernie gaining 1,773 delegate votes, which is below what is needed to win in the first round of voting at the Democrat convention. Mm-hmm. There are 771 unpledged automatic superdelegates, whichever, whichever phrasing you want. I don't care. Uh, superdelegates are what everybody kind of knows them as after 2016. Right. Uh, so there are 771 superdelegates, uh, and they are under new rules this year because they wanted to avoid the issues of 2016, where it appeared that superdelegates gave Clinton the election. Right. And the Bernie bros complained and claimed that that is why Trump won. Which is, there's... There's I mean, merit. There's some serious merit to that argument. Serious that merit to that. Bernie argument. would have been better positioned to, to win there. Right. Um, this year, the superdelegates make up roughly 16% of the delegate count, cannot vote until the second round of voting, should it get to the second round of voting. Right. So the way they have it set up now is in the first round, you need 1,991 delegates to win. Um, okay. 1,991 of the 3979 possible. If everybody fails to reach 1991 they go to the second round now since all of the states are proportional meaning that pledged delegates are awarded according to percentage of vote won by each viable candidate each state candidate about 35 percent of delegates are awarded statewide and the rest are divided among the state's congressional districts at both levels, there's a 15% viability threshold to qualify you for any delegate. So you have to get 15% or above, and then it's split up amongst all of those people. Unless so, everybody gets under 15, and then there's a whole bunch of different rules, but I didn't even put those in there. Right, right, right. I don't think we need to worry about this. I don't think uh, we have to worry about that. So, so, bit, so <laughs> go, no, go ahead. So far, 101 delegates have been pledged. Super delegates are out of play. So if nobody gets the 1991 in the first round, which according to Project 538, according to Project 538, there's two in five chance of that happening. Yeah. The second round is voted on with superdelegates, and the new number is 2376 that they have to get. And if they don't, now we're getting into something called a brokered convention. What's that, you might ask? Well, Matt? So, at this point, somebody could nominate themselves 
from the floor of the convention. Technically, they can do it earlier, I found out. But oh, wow. I'm willing to bet that nobody would until yeah. after this vote. Yeah, yeah. Um, if, if they can't I work was, it out with the existing delegates, you're going to have some fun stuff happen. Right. So somebody could nominate themselves from the floor of the convention. They would be running for president and all the delegates will go from pledged to unpledged. So all of the ones that you have won in the election, in the primaries, gone. And now it's just a free for all. And you're just trying to get people on your side. Yeah. And you do this multiple times until somebody gets the 2376. Yeah. Now, and they don't have a system where it's like, okay, you didn't win, your name's not knocked off. They just keep going until someone gets 2,376 of the unpledged delegates who can now yep. change their mind Chris, at whim. Chris Reynolds is way ahead of the joke already. Um, <laughs> so this could be somebody who's not who is not running for president, has not compa- campaigned, and is just a name in the Democratic Party. Uh-huh. Somebody who can see themselves as beating Trump yeah. sees themselves as a unifier and is willing to do anything to become president. Mm-hmm. Much like Adlai Stevenson, who when he ran for president, because he didn't run for president in 1952, he was the governor of Illinois and he was the keynote speaker at the convention. And he goes, you know what? Screw it. I'm going to run for president. Not exactly how that went, but we'll go with it. Yep. And he ended up winning. Now. Yeah. Now he then, he then, and then oddly enough, Matt, he lost to the Republican. He did. Who also won in a brokered convention. Oh, really? Eisenhower was a broken convention. Eisenhower. He won in the uh, third round. Uh, I think it was the second or third round. Oh, wow. So just no one knew after Truman what the hell they wanted. Right. They just knew it wasn't Truman. Right. Yeah, Adlai got uh, nominated on the third ballot, uh, and that means Eisenhower was on the second. Oh, okay. Okay. So, Matt, I'm thinking, who is out there that thinks they could beat Trump and sees themselves as a unifier and has demonstrated a willingness to do anything, including kill people, Hmm. to become president? There's only one name that I can really think of off the top of my head. Is there? Yeah. And uh, Hillary? Guys, I feel like a it... church lady doing that. Could it be oh, Hillary? Could it be Hillary? <laughs> That's funny. That would be funny. If we had had the foresight to dress you as the church lady, and up until this point, no one understands why, they think it's something where you're going to like make fun of you know, the, the whores that are out showing their chest at, at Mardi Gras. Yep, and then it turns out, nope, nope, this was all a giant lead up. The longest punchline in Muddied Waters history. <laughs> I think just the show is the longest punchline. The show is a three year long punchline that we're, we're getting to any minute now. Right. But that would have actually been a really satisfying delayed punchline that I regret. That really would have been, I, would have, I would have been really happy with that one. That would have been so, you know, you live and learn. But yeah. Uh, so, yeah, so th- I mean, it could be, I also think the other big possibility is Mike Bloomberg saying, hey, everyone, uh, I'm worth $64 million, billion, and I can literally 
bankroll my entire presidential campaign without even asking for donations, which he's not. He's saying he's saying he will never solicit donations, meaning even if I get the nomination, I will never solicit donations. Freeing up the Democrat Party to spend all their other money on everyone else running, which if you're a really tone-deaf Democrat political operative, but I repeat myself, that sounds like it's going to be a good idea. And it's actually a very compelling argument. I'm a moderate. Your socialist wet dream couldn't get the, you know, couldn't get, you know, the, the majority. Here I am, the mayor of America, yep. former former mayor of America. Come pick me. And right. so... <laughs> <laughs> I, I texted Spike some theories that I have on how that would all play out. I'm not willing to say them because I don't want people to say this is what you actually predicted because they're just theories and I don't actually right, 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 right. But so there is a chance that if this does happen and this does go to a brokered convention, Bernie is going to be getting screwed by the Democrats again, completely and utterly screwed by the right. Democrats again. He could walk in with more pledged delegates than anyone else and walk out with nothing nothing not vp not not just hey you're gonna have the booty the booty judge the biden the klobuchar and the bloomberg delegates all together yep being like we gotta do whatever we can to keep that guy out yeah and it could literally split the democratic party if it if this happens it has it would to... between the Democrats and the Democrat socialists. And you would see a massive shift from the democratic party. Oh, it would be, it would be stupid. And here, here's why I like this idea. I'd like to show you something that I'm having to actually put in, in real time. Hey, Aaron Nakamoto and Kingsley are on float. Glad so, to have you up here. This is me and Vermin at the Bernie rally. Now, keep in mind, this is a rally of people who are celebrating that Bernie Sanders just won the uh, the New Hampshire primary. By the way, this is what the entire time of Vermin in New Hampshire looked like: was Bernie, Yang, Tulsi, and other Dem supporters, and even some Republicans, just loving loving Vermin. Now, we are actually telling people in this that if they want to have their selfie taken, they have to put their Bernie sign either upside down or just toss it on the ground. And so we were, or, or have it out of the, the, the actual scope of the camera so it didn't look like we were supporting Bernie. And these people who were high on, you know, Bernie mania were happily doing that because they like vermin so much. We had, I don't, I, it was in the hundreds, but I can't tell you how many people who said, if Bernie doesn't get this, we're voting for Vermin. And have actually followed us on Twitter, signed up for the campaign. We got a ton of Yang Gang people after he dropped out. The reason I'm bringing this up is because I'm running for vice president and, and am using this as an opportunity to campaign. But the, 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 the larger reason, the, the, the non-selfish reason that I'm bringing this up is that this is a bunch of people you're looking at who are not going to vote 
for Mike Bloomberg or Hillary Clinton or probably even Buttigieg and not even and not Biden. And they're not they they're not here to vote Democrat. They're here to completely change the system that is failing them. And all this to say, I really hope that the DNC, I, that, that's like a six minute long video and I could literally show you four days of video of just that. So I really hope the Democrats completely misread what their voters want with this broker convention. There are two, there are three reasons we, Matt and I want this broker convention. I just number one, number one, <laughs> there's nothing funnier I could think of than an absolute crap storm of a broker convention that results in what we're pretty sure it's going to result in. Right. Someone that the voters hate being the nominee mm -hmm. because know, it's the I'm only so one excited. they can get. <laughs> I just so excited. So there's that. Oh. That's why we want that. Two, how can you not watch this show while that's happening and we're live streaming this happening? Oh, yeah, that's we, happening. Because we, oh, we will absolutely be live streaming a program convention. We'll be here for six hours if we have to be. Probably, maybe longer. Maybe longer. We will just keep everybody on mute until they get to the voting portions, and then we'll turn that up and like sit back and just watch that and world. And just burn. watch that unfold. So high ratings for this show. These are all selfish reasons we want this. Number one, just the LOLs of the whole thing. <laughs> number two, the ratings that we will get. And then number three, how it positions really me and Vermin, but really anyone who's not a Democrat or Republican uh, running because that will yeah a, suddenly a lot of democrat voters will be unpledged voters looking for a new home uh and i hope that the libertarian party sees who they actually like so speaking of which speaking of people that we actually like you know who we really like on this show, uh, Matt? I'm guessing his name's Chris. His name's Chris Reynolds. And by coincidence, it is now time for the personal injury attorney, Chris Reynolds, attorney at law, anchor call-in moment. That's right. And guys, remember, you too, just because it's named after, it's named after Chris Reynolds, not because he has to be the only one to call in, but because he's the actual sponsor of it. Yeah. But you too. He, he sponsors this segment. He you, sponsors you it. It doesn't actually mean him. that only he gets to talk. Although that's go, what many of you seem to think. Right. It, all you have to do is go to anchor.fm slash muddied waters and hit the old leave a message button. And you too will be featured on this show at some point. Yep. We will definitely have you on there. And so because none of you did this this last week or two, uh, we will be having three questions from Chris. And so here is the first question. Personal injury attorney Chris Reynolds here with your important questions of the week segment, um, where we talk about probably the most important things going on in oh, the no. world right now. And um, I would love to hear, especially Spike's opinion on a couple of the, the, the week's bigger issues. Yeah. Um, the first, of course, being um, the pretty insane um 
Wilder versus Fury fight. Oh, this um, I can talk about. You know, is yeah. that the result you expected? Are we going to have yet another rematch? What do you think about him licking the blood off of the neck? I mean, there's just so many things to talk about there. And then the other, obviously, is what is going on at Manchester City? How do you feel about these financial fair play, play breaches? And um, you know, should they win on appeal or not? Thanks. Well, lucky for you, Chris, I can talk about 50% of that question. Um, if you ever have a sports-related question you would like me to be able to really talk about in any competent way, it's prize fighting, MMA and boxing specifically. So I actually have some things to say about the Wilder Fury fight. It is what I thought would happen. Uh, I am not a big sports prognosticator, but if anyone had asked my opinion, which they in fact did not, uh, I would have said that uh, Fury was not all that well prepared, I think, to fight Wilder the first time. He was still a bit out of shape, uh, and yet he still was decidedly the winner of the boxing match, the actual who controlled the flow of the fight. What happened was because he wasn't fully prepared uh, and wasn't fully ready for the fight, Wilder was able to do what he does, which is hit you with one or two punches that completely changes the fight, usually knocks you out. Once I saw that uh, Fury was able to be hit in the first fight with at least two or three punches that most fighters would, it would end the fight, I thought, well, he has the chin to withstand that if he has to. He's now going to go and retool and get in better shape and get stronger because he's also the bigger fighter he really had every advantage for him. And despite all the talk of Wilder possibly being able to defeat Mike Tyson in his prime and all that nonsense that people said, which is that nonsense, yes. Mike Tyson would have destroyed Deontay Wilder in in both of their primes. It would have been like when Tyson fought other not large fighters like Spinks uh, and even Holmes, who was a larger fighter, but not large in the new generation of larger fighters uh, or in some of his earlier fights when they'd have him fight guys who were his size or a little bit larger and he would just go through them like they weren't even there, um, especially when they didn't have a good the, the, the fighter that could actually hold off Mike Tyson was someone who was a great boxer, who was tall and stronger than Mike and had a large reach. And even then they could get knocked out at any minute, even when Mike wasn't in his prime anymore. Deontay Wilder was only slightly larger than Mike, did not have the reach and is not much of a boxer. He would have been destroyed. Yes. Going back to the actual fight that happened. This is what I thought it would happen. I actually, I didn't think uh, Fury would be as aggressive and that it would end in seven rounds even though he was talking about he was going to knock him out in two rounds and all that stuff, I thought it was going to either go the distance or be a stoppage in like the 10th or 11th round or something like that with, with Fury playing fighting a much more careful fight. He clearly was much more confident, confident than even I thought he was, and he came in and did what I thought he was going to do just even faster. Yeah, uh, amazingly, so I grew up watching you know Tyson and Holyfield and Riddick Bowe yeah, and the— right the the holyfield bow fights are the greatest fights that have ever happened in yeah. my mind yeah. those fights were so those good, good fights, um, yeah. and i actually caught this fight like this is the first fight that i have seen in a long time me too uh, yeah. and uh it was it was a good like it was a good fight but in the i think it was the fourth round was when wilder went down and he took a shot to the ear 
uh, Fury got him in the ear, just yep. square, and he went down. And you could see it for the rest of the fight. He couldn't get his balance. His yep. equilibrium was just off. Yeah. You could tell that, and he was just he he wasn't able to do it. And you knew that. I knew then it wasn't making it the distance. I didn't know how far it was going to go, um, but it wasn't going to make it the distance. And the odds of because again, Deontay Wilder's the kind of guy who, if he can get a nice solid shot in, he could turn the fight around. Again, Fury had already shown that he could take the best that Wilder had and still keep going, which told me that that whole one punch turnaround thing was not going to happen. Once he lost his balance, it definitely wasn't going to happen because in order to actually be able to deliver the kind of knockout punches that these one hit punchers can do, they have to be, it's, it's the entire way that they're grounded that, so it's the reason why they don't make good boxers is because they, they walk flat footed and they're centered and they utilize their entire body that they have well positioned and balanced to deliver all of their weight behind the punch and turn into it and, and, you know, apply all of the physics to that. If you're off balance and on your toes and not able to even really stand still very well, you're not going to be able to deliver that kind of a punch. You can still deliver a hard punch, but not a one-punch knockout punch, especially not to someone that's already demonstrated that they can take your hardest. So, yeah, no, once... First of all, that was also um, Wilder's only his second time being knocked down in his entire career, followed Mm -hmm. very closely by his third time of being knocked down. And by the time that was happening, I I, I was... knocked down twice? I, I thought I thought he I thought he slipped twice. He, so he got he got knocked down, then he slipped, and then I believe the the third time was was considered a knockdown. I thought the third yeah I thought the third time was considered a slip, but I was oh, watching maybe. it in public, so I and so, like I had people telling me different things. So I yeah. Regardless, he had completely lost control of the fight, and it was just by pure heart that he was still in it. At that point, I was actually surprised it went as long as seven rounds. But I I was uh, you know once I saw that happening, but when it started, I before it started, I would have guessed. Ninth, tenth, eleventh round stoppage, or going all the way, but with a, a completely one-sided scorecard uh, for for Fury. So no, it went exactly as I thought it would, Chris. And as far as Manchester City, now uh, allegedly they spent way too much money in developmental players or something like that, I believe, and uh, so they got a five-year ban from uh, the the European League the European football association. And I know that they're appealing it. And if they appeal it, a lot of bad stuff's going to happen for a lot of other teams on top of it. But if they end up losing that appeal, it really just means that England's going to be hurt in the, for uh, in European play for the next five years. And really it means that Liverpool is just going to dominate 2020s. So that's all that really matters as far as that goes. Yeah. That's exactly Matt. I couldn't have said it any better myself. So I won't. So if that was a good question, here is uh, Chris's second question. Personal injury attorney Chris Reynolds here with your AOC Millennial Minute. The uh, last couple weeks has seen the emergence of Bernie Sanders as the pretty clear front runner um, to the surprise of many. Um, He is seen by most as one of the... uh, furthest left, almost socialist candidates, um, which I don't know that I would have ever envisioned seen in my time as being someone who could potentially get a nomination. And so I just wanted to get you guys' thoughts on, um, are you guys surprised at how well he's doing? And number two, um, is, is this better or worse for Donald Trump that he is their front runner? Thanks. 
I like these questions because they're ones I have answers to. Go ahead, Matt. Yeah, I, I want to hear That's you. actually a really good question. Um, so the reason that I think Bernie Sanders is doing so well in the polls is because the media who tries to pick their winner and pushes their winner was pushing Biden, 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 Biden. Yep. And yep. as we talked about earlier on the show, he is fighting dementia every day. So people are starting to see that and then they're looking for somewhere else to go. But as he keeps, as Biden keeps failing, a lot of people are like, well, Sanders seems like he might be able to win. So they're just switching their allegiance over there with the entrance of Bloomberg, who hasn't been doing well in the, he didn't do well in the first debate. The other debate is on right now. And according to our comments from our question asker, um, He's, he's not doing great in this debate either. Um, so I don't know if Bloomberg is going to be the one that's going to be able to do it unless, of course, we go back to the brokered convention scenario and he literally just buys the thing. Um, Which is not out of the realm of possibility. not out of the realm By of any stretch of the imagination. Right. Um, definitely not out of the realm of possibilities. Um, and so... As far as is this better or worse for Donald Trump, that is really hard to say. I don't think anybody running on the Democrat side can beat Donald Trump. Which is possible. Here are my thoughts on this, Chris. First of all, remembering that we are the guys who who thought and still don't think it's impossible, but we're saying Biden's going to get this. What we did not anticipate was that Biden would get worse. So we thought Biden was Biden. He was just going to be Biden. We didn't think he was going to like end up worse now than he was even a year ago. He's like, like forgetting Michael J. Fox and back to the future fading away slowly. Or like, I'm not, not going to say that, but like various Michael J. Fox examples. Guys, thanks for tuning in. And uh, we. Um, yeah, no. No. Mm-mm. No. So we did yeah. not anticipate this situation. Again, now we're talking Joe Biden. We're not talking about. The, um, so Joe Biden uh, not doing well. And so with that said, the reason Bernie Sanders is winning is because the media is scared of him and as we learned with Donald Trump, people hate the media. So if they've decided that the media doesn't like their candidate, doesn't like a candidate, that makes them like him more yeah. or her more. Uh, so that happened. And also, and I have witnessed this, being a part of Vermin's campaign, going to New Hampshire, but being involved with Vermin's campaign on social media where a lot of our supporters are people that aren't libertarians who can't wait to vote for us if if Bernie or a Yang or someone like that. You know, we have a lot of young voters who are skew very hard to the left and, and just young voters in general. Here is what we have heard from voters across the spectrum, younger voters. They've been completely left out by the system. They're making not that much more than their parents and grandparents were. And unlike their parents and grandparents, they're sitting on six figures of student loan debt. The cost of education is 10 times or more higher than it was when their parents and grandparents went to school. The cost of living is five or six times more. Housing is 20 times more. And they're making maybe 30% more than their parents and grandparents did. 
the system's completely left be them behind. And they're being told that the system is free market capitalism, which it is not, but that's what they're being told. And they're having their parents, their grandparents, the media, uh, you know, Republicans, everyone else say, Bernie Sanders is going to destroy free market capitalism. And which he's not, but that's a whole other subject. He's not going to destroy the system. He's just going to continue it like every other Republican politician is, but that's a whole other subject. But they're being told he is, and he's saying he is. And they're going, good. And they're being told, being told oh, you're going to be given cradle to grave welfare and health care, but it's going to destroy everything and tax everyone. And they're, and they're going, yeah, okay. Yeah, that's fine. That's fine. Well, you won't get your earned income tax credit. Okay. Right. I won't have to worry about my health care. They will, but they think they won't. Won't have to worry yeah. about my health care. Won't have to worry about my education. My my student loans are going to be canceled, and I'm going to get paid at least 15 bucks an hour. Well, that's going to ruin everything. Good, is what they're saying. We talk to people again. I don't. Did I say this on the show? I know I've said this many times in the past few days, but I'm not sure if I've said this on the show yet. I have had. I don't know how many people who have told me I'm supporting Bernie, and if he doesn't get it, I'm supporting Vermin, and if he doesn't get it. I want to eat the rich and put politicians in guillotines. The youth right now want a revolution because this system that Republicans and Democrats are putting on them has completely and utterly failed them, as every Austrian econom economist has predicted it would for decades. Because, of course, it would. You cannot just keep centrally planning and printing out endless money, and expecting that to create value. This is exactly what we said would happen. This is exactly what people like Ron Paul said would happen, and many other libertarians have said would happen. Anyway, so here we are. And where we are is the only major candidate out there, major party candidate out there talking about this, besides Vermin, if you consider him such a thing, is Bernie Sanders. And to some extent, Andrew Yang. Uh, who was talking about it from a more technical standpoint. But Bernie's talking about it from a more emotional standpoint. I'm going to give you health care. I'm going to take away your debt. I'm going to make sure you're getting paid more. You're going to live a better life. All these other people are the people that lied to you. That is a compelling argument. And when people go, oh, he's a socialist, they go, all right, that's fine. I don't care what that means. So that's why Bernie's winning. It's also why the Democrats are going to try to take it from him. If Bernie got it, would he beat Trump? I personally think if anyone on the Democrat side is going to beat Trump, it would be Bernie. I don't think the rest of them have the chops for it. I think Bloomberg is especially positioned to lose spectacularly to Donald Trump. Because he Mainly because they are the same person. Because they are literally, it is arguable that he is to the right on, of Trump on a lot of subjects. He is essentially every single complaint that they have about Donald Trump, a rich racist billionaire with a history of discrimination at, who uh, is uses his money to hurt others is misogynist, hates women and children and uh, uh, uses non-disclosure agreements to silence anyone that he's ever victimized is literally Mike Bloomberg. Mike Bloomberg is Donald Trump on steroids who lies about it. Donald Trump well, Donald Trump lies about it too, but Donald Trump, you have an idea of who he is just by how he acts. Mike Bloomberg yeah. tries to act like he isn't that way. 
He also is every stereotype about, you know, the powerful Jew who controls the media. Mike Bloomberg literally owns a media conglomerate with 13,000 reporters who are not allowed to ever say anything critical about him. I really hope the Democrats pick him. Not because I want Trump to win, but because I want Vermin to come in second. (laughs) And there's a very real possibility of that happening. That is a perfect storm scenario uh, there. Um, But could Bernie beat Trump? I think Bernie's the only one who could possibly beat Trump. Whether he could or not, it's going to depend on how the economy does between now and then. And if this coronavirus thing really does slow down markets like it's doing right now and doesn't get contained, the coronavirus damage is not going to be, and we've talked about this on the show, the coronavirus is a little more deadly than the flu and it spreads a little more fast than the flu. It is not an extinction level event. Now, 2% of the population dying, it would be catastrophic, but it is not the end of humanity. It could absolutely devastate the economy in the short term. An economy that was already built on a massive bubble with effective negative interest rates. Federal Reserve uh, Bank uh, interest rates. If that bursts between now and November, which coronavirus could very much help push along, Bernie could win it. Mm -hmm. Vermin could win it. it. Depending on how bad it is, it could completely throw everything in the air because a lot of people would no longer believe in the farce of stability. And at that point, it's who is offering to screw the people in power the most. Bernie is a liar who is not going to do anything other than what he usually does. Talk to his base and then vote the same way John McCain would. Uh, But doesn't mean he couldn't get it. So he he very well could possibly get it. Um, so we shall see. But here is uh, Chris's final question for the evening. Personal injury attorney Chris Reynolds here with Trump time. So with uh, the general election, honestly, not that far away. Um, I've seen lots of, of articles starting to pop up about what a uh, second term for Donald Trump might look like, whether it's what a lot of people are calling Trump unleashed, um, where um, he's doing even more of the things that he's been doing, I guess, is the best way to put it, um, or to, uh, to, uh, to, to a larger scale, perhaps. Or are we going to see some sort of backlash or maybe some hedging by Congress people who know that once he's out, um, maybe things will change and um, they don't need to support him as much? As a lame duck, what do you see as his second term? Thanks. So, first of all, I love it when Chris, you can tell Chris is driving. You hear, like, <laughs> you the, hear, blinker. You hear the blinker and you hear him pause because you know he's looking to see if traffic is coming and it's, that's where his all of his focus is on I don't want to die in this accident that I could have here as opposed to saying this question. I mean, the uh, sheer irony of a personal injury attorney dying uh, in a traffic accident. <laughs> um, and we definitely don't want that to happen. We certainly and miss to, sponsorship and Chris is a very dear friend. miss his friendship and his sponsorship. So be careful out there, Chris. You, you be careful. You be careful, uh, sir. You be careful. We need you. Um, 
for multiple reasons. Right. Uh, no, I don't think that. So, okay. I guess no doesn't really answer that question. Um, <laughs> Trump's second term, I believe, would show more obedience from the members of Congress to follow him as opposed to a lame duck situation. Because even though Trump is done, many of these people are not. They are going to, they're going to keep going for years and years on as we, as we see. They know that Republicans, many, like the, the majority of them are vast supporters of Donald Trump. Yep. And they take his word <coughs> as gospel. If yes. you start voting against him in his second term, you aren't going to make it through your next election. Yep. And they all know it. He is going to be Trump unleashed or unhinged. I'm not sure which phrase you use, but one of those, it's going to be that all the way through his second term. Yeah. If so they somehow end up getting the house and the Senate, it is going to be pass bill, pass bill, pass bill, pass bill. Yep. Donald Trump the concept of the lame, and by the way, this is an excellent question because in usually the answer would be, yeah, lame ducks don't get much done. The concept of lame ducks is that traditionally when a president is no longer up for re-election and they are soon going to be out because they are term limited, they're not really consequential anymore after that. Donald Trump's greatest power is in things that have absolutely nothing to do with the presidency his command of really of the American political culture, including the people who hate him, uh, his, his rabidly, arguably cultish following. Um, and the fact that he can pack stadiums and, you know, tweet about something that no one's talking about and not only have hundreds of thousands of people, share it and like it and comment on it, but also that it actually changes the international conversation to whatever the hell he just brought up. Mm -hmm. Even rumors of him saying things can change the conversation. Mm -hmm. That is not something that will go away because he's no longer president. That will continue. It may be lessened somewhat over time of him no longer being president. It's not going to in the short term. And if he gets reelected, it will be bolstered forced a few years after that including after he's no longer president he will be a kingmaker in the republican party until he drops dead he will also be a king slayer in the republican party until the day he drops dead and so for that reason especially if he gets reelected if he doesn't get reelected he's still gonna have clout but if he gets reelected all bets are off all bets he, are off all bets are off and yeah that doesn't end. He has survived impeachment, and then we'll have re survived re-election. There is nothing that is going to leash him at that point. I actually worry about the kind of things he will try to do after that, um, because he is an egomaniac, and the only thing that has kept him in any anything resembling control is the fact that he could potentially get slapped for it. That'll all be out the window. He will try to overturn term limits for presidents and run again. It could very possibly. Uh, nothing 
he's, he would he would at least talk about it constantly. That's oh, guaranteed. Chris, That's... I completely back you on that. What do you say? Chris Reynolds would like to apply for AG. Yes. Yep. <laughs> no, definitely. I don't even have that latitude to say that, And but yes. <laughs> yep, it will be the Chris Reynolds attorney at law <laughs> Department of Justice. Moment. We will we will literally put your face on the top of the building giant neon backlit sign of your face taller than the Washington Monument for the world to see and it'll rotate that's legal in DC don't care don't okay. who's going to stop us Matt it will rotate slowly so that everyone sees it at some point and it will say personal injury attorney Chris Reynolds People here. Landing in Reagan International. Just we'll get a see big this. smiling Chris upon entry. Facing them like that. And if you're close enough, you'll hear the gigantic 15 megawatt loudspeakers. I don't know. That's probably like a very loud speaker. I don't know how loud that is, but yeah. I don't know. I don't know what megawatts are. But a very, very loud speaker saying personal injury attorney Chris Reynolds here. Just on a loop. Um, so that'll be greeting you at the national mall for at least four years. Chris Reynolds says, hopefully we get a new picture. No, Chris, no, No. literally this picture. This is going to be the picture on your, your ID badge. (laughs) Everyone working driver's license. Everyone working driver's licenses. Everyone working for DOJ will have to wear this (laughs) as a mask, a functional, like, you know, that Chewbacca mask where it like, where it moves not like that it's just going to be a laminated thing so you can't see their face moving you can just see the little eye holes where your eyes are but only barely because i don't want to mess with your eyes that much i want people to see your eyes so like tiny little dots that they can possibly see through this will be a powerful civil liberties tool to make it really hard for them to do their job because they'll always have to be wearing this while they're on the job so they'll fall a lot Either that, or we could just uh, issue Chris Reynolds masks to everybody in America. And that way, nobody could be caught by facial recognition. Oh, wow. So leaving (laughs) office, Chris Reynolds will have been found guilty in absentia of several million crimes uh, (laughs) because of the facial recognition. But I like that idea. I like this will be the new V for Vendetta uh, uh, anonymous face instead of Guy Fawkes. It'll be our our real hero, Chris Reynolds, attorney at law. So yes, absolutely. Um, do we sell Chris Reynolds merch? We can. We can. What do you want? Yeah. What do you want? Do you want shirts? Do you want? Do you, what, cups? what do you want? A hat? Like what? Tell us, you want, tell us what you want. Tell us what you want. We'll put it in the yeah. store. Yeah. Let us know what you want. Because uh, Chris we'll, has told me he'll let us do this. Mm-hmm. Okay. So if people, if there's a demand for this, I will put Chris Reynolds' face on stuff, and we will sell it literally to you. Oh yeah, I'll I'll definitely up and down. So you want a hat with Chris Reynolds' head, with or without Chris Reynolds' attorney at law? We could have it be completely without context. Why you're wearing this face? Just the face, as I do with when I wear Chris places, Mm -hmm. and people go, "What? What's that?" And I'll go, "That's Chris Reynolds." And they'll go, "People now ask for Chris." Yeah, people will ask where Chris is, and I'm like, "We've got somebody who would like a shirt with the face on it." Done. Brent DeRitter, you one of the real ones. Done. 
Don't, give me a couple days. I will send you the link, Brent. You will have that. Yeah, that will that, happen. That's definitely happening. That is happening. The Chris Reynolds shirt. And we yeah. will share uh, revenue with Chris, of course. Um, but uh, Or it'll be part of his uh, sponsorship. Whatever, <laughs> whatever you two decide. Um, so speaking of an abuse of justice, sure. Um, but this is not a one that you'd like. Our abuses of justice would be fun and, and refreshing. Right. This one, not so much. Matt, talk to us about Virginia. Cause I have followed this not very closely. Um, I think there's a fight happening out behind my house right now. Just gonna. Can, does it sound like people you know? I don't know any of my neighbors. I've worked very hard at not getting to know them. Um, Fair enough. So uh, last week, the Commonwealth of Virginia, my former home, made me a little proud. Little, little not proud. a lot proud. Uh, when they failed to ban assault-style weapons, when four Democratic senators crossed the aisle and didn't vote to ban. A group of gun rights activists that were in the audience cheered as the votes came in. And a lot of people felt as though maybe these threats were not as serious as these uh, gun law threats were not as serious as uh, initially thought in the Commonwealth, the great Commonwealth of Virginia. Right. The less than great Commonwealth of Virginia. Um, and then, so the the fact that uh, the gun law didn't pass, the assault ban didn't pass, uh, delivered a huge blow to Governor Blaquet-Face because his plan to push extreme gun control legislation uh, in the famously gun-friendly state seemed to be falling apart. However, Virginia let me down yet again for the who knows how many times over the course of my years of having your very short young life, my very short young life, having moved there as a brisk young six year old with hopes and dreams and having Virginia just rip them all away. Um, Uh, The Virginia House of Delegates passed a package of gun control measures they said were needed to improve public safety a week after tens of thousands of pro-gun advocates from around the country peacefully, peacefully rallied at the state capitol. Nearly Uh, 40,000 protesters, all very, very heavily armed. It was the safest day in Richmond that, history. That, that Richmond had had in modern history. There was one arrest in the town across from them. Yeah, just, yeah, like two towns away or right like, across the river from them. Like, because let's be clear, who's going to do a crime when surrounded by tens of thousands of angry people with guns? Who are you going to pickpocket there? You planning to rape any of them? Plan to do anything, maybe. I wouldn't want to check kite any of them. Like that's really just not a. That's a day to just let the sleeping dogs lie, and uh, and so it kind of struck a powerful blow to the whole narrative that gun and gun people 
are dangerous because a lot of them were there and it was really, really safe. So anyway. So shortly after this, uh, a lot of the Democrat or sorry, a lot of the police officers from around the state, uh, state patrolmen, police officers from around the state talked to the Virginia House of Delegates uh, about how they would not support or enforce these gun laws. As a result. Thank you. Senator Bill Stanley, I forgot his name. Uh, Senator Bill Stanley from Virginia put in an amendment to the budget that would give all of Virginia's sheriff department a 3% raise for this year. And it was voted down with all the Democrats voting no. And the majority leader, Dick Saslaw. 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 Dick Saslaw. Dick Saslaw. That sounds like a name off of like Arrested Development. Yeah. Uh, Dick Saslaw said that uh, the reason they aren't getting the raise is because they came to our committees and said they weren't going to enforce our laws. When Stanley asked him about which laws he was talking about, he said gun control. The reason that they did not get raises is because they were refusing to enforce the laws that hadn't been passed. They were saying that they weren't going to enforce laws that were not laws yet. Hadn't even been voted on yet. But they didn't get their pay raise. So, by the way, when cops are telling you, I'm just doing my job, they mean it. That doesn't make it okay. Right. But it's not optional. They did not to... get. They did not get a pay raise, even though I don't know how their stats were. I don't know any of that. Right. But right, right. the reasoning, based on the words of the speaker, is they didn't get it because they refused to enforce laws that were not yet laws, and they will come there following orders, and they will say, "I'm just following orders. I'm just trying to get my pay raise." Right. So I can continue being able to get afford an extra three percent if I take this AR fifteen from you. Yeah, or so I don't. You don't have to worry about that. Yeah, um, yeah. So, Dick. First of all, Dick Saslaw. Parents, if you want to fight tyranny, stop giving your kids names that are going to make them grow up to want to punish everyone around them. That is a powerful blow. To big government. Like, stop. Old Dick Saslaw. Dick Saslaw? Dick Saslaw. Like, why? <laughs> like, like, And you know what? Sadly for him, Rich Saslaw sounds much worse than Dick Saslaw. It doesn't... Like... Just go ahead and name him like Bob and then Bob Saslaw. Like, oh, well, that's, you know, kind of funny sounding, but it's not Dick Saslaw. Hey, do you want the coleslaw or the Dick Saslaw? Dick Saslaw. The Dick Saslaw. And now he's a legislator where he says the law. <laughs> Old Dick says the law. Like, enough. Uh, the Angie Tribeca joke. Jesus. Um,. <laughs> Angie Tribeca joke. Angie Tribeca. Uh, it's a show that was on TBS. It's very naked gunnish. Okay. Uh, and they do they do a lot of name word Dick, play. Dick, Dick Saslaw. Dick Saslaw. Yeah. He so says the law. Dick Saslaw. Dick Saslaw. 
He says the law. So, okay, so the so seven bills did pass. So there was a red flag law, which is arguably the worst of these. Uh, universal background checks. I will say uh, the red flag law. We're going to get into that a little bit. It's okay. not as bad as most red flag law. It's still awful, but it's not as they bad had to bad. like they had to come to massive negotiations to get this one passed. Okay, good. And the way that they got it passed, still awful. Not as bad as other uh, red flag laws from across the country. But we'll get right. into that. In a minute. And, and and part of the problem, we'll, we'll get into this more, but part of the problem is whether the police follow their own protocol or not, but we, we'll talk about that in a minute. Uh, so they had universal background checks. Uh, this was one that was going to be a lot worse. They were going to allow localities to ban guns anywhere within the borders of their city. Uh, that got changed to allowing them to ban guns in public places, in government-owned buildings, which is not like, I mean... It's not good, but it's it's completely different. The your city government saying you can't bring guns into city hall versus you can't have a gun here, even in your house. Doing the Earp Brothers rule of gun control. The the Earp Brothers, you gotta leave it outside. Uh, yeah. uh, they did pass the one handgun per month limit. Uh, uh, they increased penalties for not reporting lost or stolen guns within twenty four hours. Um, and they made it a felony to, uh, recklessly and what a weasel word that is. Yeah. Yeah. To recklessly leave an unsecured or loaded gun around a minor, but I could not find the definition of recklessly leaving a loaded gun, unsecured or loaded gun around a minor. And I know that they originally minor was going to be changed to 18 or younger and it's still 14 or younger. So that's it. so uh, again, some of these were watered down. They're still infringements, but not quite what was originally proposed. Uh, eliminating an online option for getting a concealed handgun permit, uh, preventing localities from allowing people who are not law enforcement officers to carry a gun on school property. So these are bad things. Most of it affects public properties, uh, mm-hmm. which should not exist. Um, uh, but then the, the red flag law is, is we're going to talk about that more now, but that, that's probably the worst part of this, right? Uh, yeah, probably. But I mean, not allowing people who are not law enforcement officers to carry a gun on school property. I disagree with, because I think that you should be, have on, have armed teachers. I don't care. Uh, I, I think, if you're looking to private security or whatever, yeah, or uh, if you're going to, no one is going to not shoot up a school because guns aren't allowed there. If you've already decided that you're going to commit mass murder, that law doesn't matter to you because mass murder is also very illegal. Um, what it does do is it turns schools into fish in a barrel zones where it's very likely that no one else is going to have a gun, making you and your gun much more powerful. Uh, and we've already seen what happens uh, when you call the police. They wait outside like they did in Parkland. Right. So, and Sandy Hook. Yep. So, yeah. So, so it's not a good thing. But the, the so this red flag bill, you're saying, uh, Matt, that it's not quite as bad as some of the other red right. flag bills out there. So, this actually went through rounds of negotiation between House and Senate Democrats in order to get it to a point that both sides would agree. Um. So the red flag bill would require 
a Commonwealth attorney or police officer to ask a judge or magistrate to issue an emergency risk protection order. That's normal after an investigation. So that's kind of different. Like it's not just like a complaint. There has to be an investigation uh, as far as what, how deep that investigation has to go. I don't really know. Um, once the order is issued, police have to first give the opportunity to volunteer the person the opportunity to voluntarily give up their guns okay if they don't police have to go back and get a search warrant to look for the guns okay so there's a lot more protection here then because yeah there's a lot more protection in this as opposed to most of the other red flags. most red flag laws once that uh um uh emergency risk protection order happens they can come to your house and just Basically come to your house with a SWAT team and say, give me your gun, which is what they would do, which if you're dealing with someone that might actually be dealing with a mental health crisis and you're knocking on their door at 3 a.m. and confiscating their property without a warrant, you are escalating that situation a lot in a really unfortunate way. This is actually, I dare say, reasonable if it's followed this way. If it's followed this way. And while I don't agree with red flag laws, even this one, this one's slightly more. Powerful. It's a lot more reasonable. Yeah. Again, it's if it's ca- if it's carried out the way it says here, because here's the situation. If someone says this person's a threat to themselves or others, an investigation has to happen. They get the order of protection. They cannot just show up to your house and demand you take the gun. They have to contact you in some way and say, we, you know, we, you need to give up your weapon voluntarily. And then if they choose not to, now they have to go get a search warrant, which is probably going to be a rubber stamp, but it's yet another, they have to actually go through some level of due process. And you are at least made aware of the fact that this is happening. So you can potentially get some kind of legal uh, representation in place and, and try to fight this. It's still not as good as what the law usually is, which is that if they want to take your property, they have to take you to court to try to do it. So it's still a bad thing, but this is not as bad, I guess is what I'm trying to say. It's not as bad as like, without you knowing an order is being made for a SWAT team to show up and take your guns without you being able to do anything other than comply or get shot. Right. And in the original house version, the search warrant was served at the same time as the risk protection, which is the problem. Yes. Yeah. Right. Uh, And Barker said that the change uh, that some of the senators changed. Some of the changed. I copied and pasted this. I didn't actually decipher what that said uh barker says some of the senators uh had concerns about police seizing items other than guns right. in someone's yeah. home if the warrant is delivered immediately yeah. so they go in looking for the guns and then they'd be like they oh, start look, you also have this you also have this you, you have, have money the police love to take money they do they really as part of their investigation why the hell do you have $5,000 here? Oh, I don't know. None of your business because I have $5,000. It's none of your business. They will right. seize that. And you have to go to court to get it back. If there is this time of them actually having to go through due process, you can actually protect your other assets from them stealing it from you, basically. Um, so that's that's a, a welcome change as well. Again, this is not a good thing. 
much better than what most of these other things are. I alluded to, I keep saying, if they follow this. We have recently seen where there are still people who are being arrested for possession of marijuana for having hemp. Even though hemp is legal nationwide and no states have any laws against hemp. The police don't care. It looks like weed, so they seize it and your money and your stuff and use civil asset forfeiture to take all of your financial means to defend yourself in it. There was recently a case in, I don't remember the state, uh, Zuri Davis, our own formerly of Muddied Waters Media, one of our great friends, Zuri Davis. Uh, love, what love, if... love me some Zuri. She, oh, she I was... absolutely love. Uh, she She was... I don't even remember what position she had, but but it wasn't for long. She was really she wrote, good at it for about forty eight hours. She <laughs> she by the way, if you want to move ahead in life, become an intern here at Muddy Waters Media because you, you, you immediately it, record time. We don't get to have you very long. Um, I just put a, a link to the notes uh, in the in the show notes to Zuri's. Uh, oh, by the way, we got some shout outs. Uh, over at float float uh, slash Muddy Waters Media slash Live Studio eight four two four. Uh, says, hey guys, uh, hey Studio A424, King and Aaron, our good friends King and Aaron, uh, say uh, heyo and hi my beautiful, beautiful Muddy Waters friends. By the way, guys, update on... Um, on uh, uh, This is actually huge news. Yeah, this is really, huge really, news. really big news that I'm super excited about. Uh, for those of us who have been, for those of you who have been watching the show, we have talked a lot about... Um, about uh, uh, Michael Edwards, who Kingsley's uh, dad, Kingsley's dad, Michael Edwards, uh, who was uh, arrested in, who was uh, convicted in, was it 93, 92? Uh, 92, basically to an effective life sentence for selling a teaspoon of cocaine to an informant, to his ex, to, to his, his ex girlfriend, to his ex girlfriend, who, who has turned FBI witness. And, and decided it, to get back at him for the breakup. He bought so, the cocaine off of a cop and sold it to her. Yeah. Who and, gave it to the same cop. And so showing up in oh, court, no, same. showing up in court, he said, I am dealing with addiction. Please put me in a program to help me fight my addiction so I can restart my life and not, not be involved in, 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 in drug addiction anymore. And the judge instead threw the book at him, gave him the, the well, most it was ridiculous a, possible. It sentence. was back then. It it was the uh, Clinton three strike law, and yeah. that was his third strike. So the judge didn't strike. really throw the book at him. It was a federal law that made him do it. Um, and he was sentenced. I, he's. I think he is slated to get out in 2045. He has been in prison since 1993 for a teaspoon of cocaine. Which, since I'm in Florida and. I think I can say this. There have been nights that I have done a teaspoon of cocaine and I am not in prison. Uh, right. So a member of Florida's clemency board, Nikki Freed, uh, after reviewing his case, has made it her, basically, her, it seems like her crusade to, to get him up for review, to get him out. Um, because it's not just Nikki Freed. Uh, the prosecutor who prosecuted his case, um, uh, 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 has has turned around and said that he needs to be he needs to be set free for time served, which is twenty seven years, by the way. 
I don't think you can really argue he hasn't. Even if you think cocaine should be illegal, why are you watching the show? But if you, but you know, actually, you know what? Thank you for watching the show. Thank you for watching the show. Maybe but even if you think to, you have an open mind, yeah, thank you for having an open mind. I shouldn't say that. If if even if you think cocaine should be illegal, I think we can all agree that twenty seven years for a teaspoon of cocaine is that's the sufficient punishment. And uh, so the former state attorney Joe De, De Alessandro, uh, who is the attorney that helped lock him up, is among those calling for uh, uh, Michael to be released. Uh, the current state attorney has failed to weigh in on the matter, um, but uh, um, everyone else involved uh, uh, is is trying to get this in front of the. Um, uh, uh, he, she's actually invoked a rule in her powers as a member of the clemency board, uh, Nikki Freed, uh, to get his case brought up sooner rather than later. Uh, so they're hopeful that the case will be on the next docket, which is in April. Um, so it, we, I thought it was March. No, is it's it it's actually in April. Yeah, it, that's what it says here. Um, this would be incredible. It would be incredible for the tens of thousands or hundreds of thousands of people who are locked away, actually millions of people when you, when you include state who are in federal and state prisons for these kind of ridiculous, uh, charges to be able to rebuild their lives. Uh, and, and from a fiscally conservative standpoint, it would save billions of dollars a year, uh, in the cost of housing them. Um, so there's, there's no downside there's not really a downside to letting people free for engaging in voluntary commerce decades yeah. ago and in a person like on a personal uh for a personal benefit he would be able to go to his son's wedding yeah <laughs> which i know that you know when you're looking at situations like this you don't really look at that but since i am friends with the son and the soon-to-be daughter-in-law would really like him to be at their wedding. Of course, yeah, and we would like that as well. What a what a what a, a powerful story that would be for him to be able to be set free. So definitely, uh, you know, if you're if you're the praying or thinking or vibe good vibrationing type, be sure to direct those at this situation. Um, we all hope he 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 gets the the clemency he absolutely deserves for the crime he should have never been put away for. But. Uh, yeah. So we were talking about Zuri Davis and her. She recently wrote uh, something called uh, an article, uh, Hemp is Legal, What if the Cops Don't Care? And um, so she's talking about the fact that uh, hemp is now legal. Um, but uh, there are um, states that don't care. And uh, in New York, in Montana, in Virginia, I'm, I'm glossing through the I'm, I'm I'm running through the article. They're still arresting people because they don't care. Because it yeah. looks like weed to them, and uh, no one's making them not do it. So applying that to the, the red flag laws, hopefully they follow their own rules. You know, we, we always hear about the legal process. It's often the police and, mil- and, 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 well, and military, but it's often the enforcers of the law who do not follow their own legal process. Because, as I said with putting Chris Reynolds' head up on the Department of Justice, who the hell is going to stop us? Who's going to stop the police? Who's going to arrest the police for all of them violating the law. It's almost as if it's a well-armed citizenry is a good way to check that. Almost. So, yeah. So that's that's all our stuff for tonight, right? Well, do you have any campaign? Yeah, so I mean, I, I talked about the main campaign update. Listen, if you want a libertarian to do well, in the upcoming election, you need someone who has appeal 
outside of the thousands of people who are members of the Libertarian Party. You have to. I don't like democracy any more than you do. But if you want to win elections or even just do well in elections, which is ostensibly the purpose of a political party, you need someone that's going to have appeal outside of your very, very small circle of people. Now, I have been traveling to different state conventions to talk to dozens of people at a time about libertarianism in rooms full of people who already agree with me about libertarianism. Striking a major blow to the cult of the omnipotent state, of course. Often we are in conference rooms that are attached to buildings that have even more people than us in them who've never heard of libertarianism, and yet for some reason we never deign to venture out and, I don't know, talk to any of them. Because that's our process. So anyway, if you were thinking of putting up a candidate who might want to do well in an election and bring some more votes down for those down-ballot candidates who actually have a shot in H-E double hockey sticks of winning, you got to pick someone who people know and like. Now, I didn't think to put up the screenshots of the Google Trends, but if you go to trends.google.com or google.com slash trends and type in Vermin Supreme's name, and literally the end name of anyone else running for the Libertarian presidential nomination, you're going to notice a very powerful trend there. Vermin Supreme, the other candidates aren't even registering compared to Vermin. What and I will hey, say, I, this, is, this, is actually very, this is actually very important for all the Libertarians out there. This is very, very important. If you go to trends.google.com or google.com.trends and you put in Vermin Supreme and you put in libertarian party or libertarianism those are almost identical and there is a reason because he's making people pay attention to libertarianism spikes right spike yeah that way spikes right. you will notice that prior to vermin getting involved with the libertarian party he was doing better than the libertarian party much better then you'll notice oh he joined the libertarian party and suddenly there's some overlap. He's it's 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 now more parallel. He's still getting more uh uh, uh searches, but now but people the, are paying the, attention the to libertarianism. Are happening at the exact same time. It that is, is very important for people trying to grow this party. Listen, a year ago today, if you asked me what I thought about Vermin Supreme running for the Libertarian Party nomination, I would have said I like Vermin. I think it's cool the shtick he's doing. I'm worrying how I worry how it's going to make the Libertarian Party look. Putting up a man with a boot on his head who's promising everyone ponies and he literally said there. that to me. Who? You? Oh, I yeah. If yeah, people would ask me, I would say it. And then I started looking at the actual data, which is all that matters. And I started actually paying attention to how Vermin was performing with the public compared to literally every other libertarian figure, including the party itself. The last time that a libertarian party presidential candidate of any stripe or flavor scored more on Google Trends than Vermin did, it was Gary Johnson shortly, about a month after he got the nomination, up to about a month before the election. And that's it. And it was because everyone went... 
oh, who's Gary Johnson? And they looked and went, oh, Aleppo, okay. And then they went back to voting for whoever they were going to vote for. I was going to say, which time for Gary Johnson? 2016 2012 there was there was a little bit of a it, 2016 was was gary's moment it, compared to 2012 um yeah. if you look at the trends but yeah, yeah makes- vermin is dragging up libertarianism if you put vermin on the ballot everyone has to pay attention to him they have to i will so Another thing that I'm going to toss out there mm-hmm. for anybody out there who has not seen it. And again, I am refusing to endorse any candidate in this race. Mm-hmm. Like I've said it numerous times on this show. Uh, for VP, I might pick somebody. I haven't decided yet. Um, well, you had a pick, but, but then John dropped out. Right, but John dropped out. Yeah. Uh, but Berman Supreme showed up at a Tulsi Gabbard event. And he asked a question. And his question was, Tulsi, I don't think he said Tulsi, but, you know, we're going to say Tulsi. Tulsi, have you read the Libertarian uh, the, the, Libertarian Party up. platform? Yeah. Party platform. Thank you. Have you read the Libertarian Party platform? And she said no. And then he, can, he was like, hey, you should do that. If you look the day after that, a lot of people Googled the Libertarian Party platform. And he got an applause doing it because he came and he talked about ponies and he got people laughing and whatever. And he told a group of Democrats who were there to look at a Democrat presidential candidate to look at an opposing party's platform that he was running for and he got an applause for it. I defy you to name another libertarian, another third party, can- another candidate of an of of an opposing party who can go to an opposing party, pull that off and get applauded for it. I'm not going to try to pretend that there isn't a high risk associated with nominating a, a a satirical performance artist, even though he's incredibly articulate when he does take the clown nose off or the boot off and actually talk seriously about you know, about libertarianism and about why he's running and about what he's trying to do and how the boot is a non-linear means of, of spreading a message and all, and all of that stuff. Even though he's all of that, he's also a guy who wears a boot on his head and talks about ponies and toothbrushes. I get it. I get it. And, and it seems to me like if you're going to pick him, you got to pick me because who else is going to hold the pony stick? Let's be clear. Let's be clear. I get that there's a high risk associated with that high reward, but you can't, deny the numbers so anyway what's gone gone on in the last couple weeks is we have been at some state conventions uh done pretty well at those um and uh and uh had an absolute blowout in new hampshire uh where we uh got a major uh we we also we went around the the press rooms uh at the double tree which is where all of the major press were uh camped out to report the new hampshire primary and we were going there with our big parade of pony people and my ponies and when you would yell out that we had announced that we had won the new hampshire libertarian primary which is true we had won it the month before but we would say we are the winners of the new hampshire libertarian party google it google vermin supreme new hampshire 2020 primary what do you want to think spiked up quite a bit those days in the google the old google search terms a bunch of people reading and we got a lot of earned media for that because a lot of people reported that we won the, the New Hampshire primary, which we did. We won the New Hampshire uh, Libertarian primary. 
We're also pretty sure that we got more uh, uh, write-in votes uh, if you combine the Democrat and uh, and Republican write-in votes in New Hampshire. We're pretty sure that we got more than any other write-in candidate, and we even got more than Bill Weld and a, a couple of the others that were actually on the ballot. And the reason that we're pretty sure we did is because for the first time ever, they never released who won the write-ins. They just said write-ins. And they won't say who. Hmm. Which possibly violates state law, but there we are. So, at any rate, that went very well. Between now and the and the convention, I'm not going to be doing a lot more conventions, even though I love speaking to dozens of libertarians about things we all already agree on. I love nothing more than to travel several states away to talk to 50 to 100 people about something we all already agree on in a building that has hundreds of people in it that haven't ever heard what we're talking about and which we might make eye contact with on our way to our cars. I love that. Sadly, I won't be participating in a lot more of them uh, between now and Austin. Uh, I will be uh, at the uh, North Carolina convention uh, in April. Uh, I will be at the upcoming Kentucky convention next weekend. Uh, I will also be doing a lot of uh, spreading actual libertarianism to people whose votes we need uh, by going to uh, many uh, pound the pavement events that we are organizing throughout the Carolinas and also working with affiliates to uh, do similar uh, pound the pavement events in their states as well. Uh, because I got some just some really uh, interesting news I found out earlier today. If you want to win an election, you got to get a, a bunch of people to vote for you. And um, the best way to do that is for them to know you exist. That's another big part of that. It's a very exciting moment when I found that out. So we're going to be... Uh, we're going to be capitalizing on that theory uh, by doing some pound the payments. And then I'll be in Austin uh, telling people about the things that need to change in the system. If we ever hope to actually win and why I think Berman Supreme is the best pick and why we need to actually talk to normal people about libertarianism. And if in doing all of that, the members of the libertarian party say, Hey, I like being verbally abused. Let's go with spike for VP. Then I will be humbled and happy to accept So that's how everything's going there. Uh, so a couple of questions from uh, people on Facebook. Okay. Tom Arnold wants to know, do interns get to eat smoked salmon? Yes. They can eat whatever they want. Doesn't mean it's ours. I didn't say I'd pay for it. Right. They're they can interns. eat whatever the hell they want. Right. You can eat anything. It's your body, uh, your choice. Sarah, uh, Tonin asks, you think Congress will pass the pony thing? Unnecessary. Uh, unnecessary and irrelevant. Thank you for asking, Sarah. Here is why Congress has the power of the purse. These ponies are free. We're not actually going to be spending any money on something that's free. So not even going to ask them. And, now, you're uh, probably wondering, we've had people who have asked, where are you going to get these ponies from? The mother from Pony and the father. Pony. Yeah, so when a, I'm going to try to make a little diagram with my hands. When a daddy pony loves a, a mommy pony, they share a, a kind of special pony hug 
And roughly 11 to 13 months later, a free pony comes out of the mommy pony. Mm. It does not require Congress. It requires a reprioritization of our American society. And of course, the Australian School of Ponynomics tells us that uh, when you switch to the pony theory of value and you realize that the, 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 the value that we need is derived from the love of a pony, when we recognize that innate truth that we all know to be manifestly true, society necessarily has to shift. Um, I recently had, uh, I, oh, this is a big announcement. I was uh, endorsed by Deborah Altman, the uh, uh, first and only elected libertarian in New York City, after giving me a walking tour of New York City and seeing that New York City is a bunch of freaking libertarian agorists living in as much anarchy as they can under one of the most oppressive police states in the country, in the continent. And uh, they are very, very ripe for picking there, but we have to stop calling them Democrat libtards and actually have a conversation with them. Going to be talking more about that in the coming weeks too. Really excited about that. And uh, But but we, we, we talked about it, and she said, you know, I'm in New York. Where are the ponies going to go? And I said, you know, at one point, there was a pony per person in New York City. We can return to that. We have the technology, and we have the uh, we have the we, we we have the national will. We just need the government to get out of the way of what the people want. And what the people want is ponynomics. So I hope that answers that question. Uh, Chris Reynolds asks, "What do libertarians do when someone infringes on their state rights?" Uh, a, a kind of a similar thing that they do. Uh, when um, they infringe on their pigs flying in hell, um, which is nothing because there is no such thing. Um, states do not have rights. States have powers. Uh, if you're referring, I feel like I'm being a little rough on Chris right now, <laughs> but if if you're referring to uh, 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 state powers being infringed upon um, by the federal government, uh, even though the 10th Amendment clearly says that anything that isn't uh, written here is left to the states or the people, um, We've seen what the answer to that is, is usually the states just like complain and then roll over, roll over hard. I think what, so I think that was in response to uh, when you said they didn't release the names of the write-ins, which may or may not have been against state law. Oh, uh, nothing. Um, I, I mean, what, what are we going to do? I mean, it, we can petition for that to find out how many hundreds of people... Oh, he, he said I'm referring to the right imbalance. Okay, then I I, I apologize. Um, oh, infringes on their individual rights within the state. Okay, then I apologize. I didn't, I, I'm sorry for going uh, libertarian on you there for a second. Um, uh, I'm referring to the right. So, I mean, if we wanted to, I guess we could go through the motions of filing to, to get the actual data on it. I mean, it won't change the, the course of the election by any stretch. I mean, they, they were right in votes. We may have gotten hundreds. We were telling people that we wanted to beat Joe Walsh and John Delaney, which we're pretty sure we did because um, we had a lot of people. If if just the people who told us that they wrote us in wrote, actually wrote us in, then we got at least half of those write-ins. Um, so I'm thinking most of those write-ins were for us. Um so I mean I think if if we thought that there was anything there we could we could go after it but ultimately uh it didn't change the outcome. Um but I I think it's it's it speaks to the reality that like we're we're the 
we're the ones that... It, so, in libertarian circles, we are told that 5% is victory. Quote, unquote. I'm not sure why we're told that, uh, but we're told that 5% is victory. If we get 5%, we get minor party status, which allows for public funding and automatic ballot access in many states and things like that. If we're calling 5% victory, which is sad, but if we are calling 5% victory, then the absolute hardest part of Vermin and I getting victory, quote unquote, is to get the nomination. It will be the hardest thing to convince 520 six or however many of the delegates necessary that we need that we are the best choice for the nomination if that happens five percent will be a cakewalk for us after my time with vermin after my time on social media i am thoroughly convinced that five percent will be a cakewalk if the dnc does to bernie and 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 they've already done already done it to yang but if they end up doing what we think they're going to do, which is shove a Bloomberg or a Biden or a Buttigieg or a Hillary or something like that down the voters' throats, 10% is going to be a cakewalk for us. I think at that point we are talking about if we come in second. I think libertarians love talking about winning the presidential election. I think if that's even a thing right now, that's humanly possible. It's going to require someone who has appeal outside of our very, very, very small and happily insular circle. And that's Herman Spring. And if you don't like me, then pick someone else for VP. I think I'd be the best pick fit for him. He certainly thought that. But I, I think you want the most impact. Herman Spring's got to be at the top of the ticket. There's some other great people running. I'm not going to besmirch them. There are some incredibly principled really cool people that are running. They don't have the broad appeal that Vermin does. So that is my thoughts on that. Is it 5% about how much of our brain we actually use? Sure. I thought, I thought it was 10, but sure. Why not? I don't, I don't know. We'll say, yeah. And technically that's a misnomer because it's like you use five to 10% of your brain at any given at time. any given time use all of it throughout the days there was a uh oh what's that guy's name um maybe you know this matt there was a guy who did a movie what john travolta no definitely not yeah defending your life uh, with a, a comedian named Albert Brooks, he also like wrote it and starred in it and did the screenplay. It was his oh, yeah. defending your life. So it movie. it was a good movie, and so he died, and he ended up in this place where you have to basically defend that you lived a life where you took chances and did good things for people, or something like that, and that that would allow you to go to like the afterlife, and otherwise they'd send you back in a new body, mm-hmm. and. Anyway, the more times you were sent back, the more higher percent of your brain you got to use or something like that. And so he would talk to people. So like his his defending, his de- his defender, his public defender used like 20 something percent of her brain. I'm not telling this story very well, but it was a, it, it was a funny. So if you, if you look up Defending Your Life, it's like 1991 mm-hmm. movie or something. It was very funny. Yes, 92, 93. Um, uh, yeah, 90, early 90s. 
where Albert Brooks is talking with God, I don't remember that guy's name off the top of my head. And he says, um, so what about hell in his response with, Oh, there is no hell. I hear LA is getting pretty close. Oh yeah. There's a lot of really, like, it's a really good movie. There's a lot of really good. So Albert Brooks is like a funny writer and comedian. And this movie was just a bunch of Albert Brooks quips put together as a movie is known as the west coast woody allen who doesn't like molest children um which is a plus all the way around we don't know that for certain i mean we we, don't know but he might i'm not gonna say he does he married his adopted daughter but i'm also not gonna say he doesn't i'm gonna say i'm definitely not gonna say he does i'm gonna say he married his adopted daughter Albert Brooks? No, Woody Allen. Oh, I was talking about Albert Brooks. Oh, no, I was saying uh, Albert Brooks is a Woody Allen that doesn't molest children. Right, and I said, well, we don't know, but I'm not going to say Oh, oh, that we don't know that Albert Brooks doesn't. I I mean, I guess you can't prove a negative. (laughs) Anyway, (laughs) uh, Albert Brooks is a a great... Uh, a, a hilarious comedian and and, uh, and Albert Brooks later. I'm going to be so upset. We're going to get like a cease and desist from Albert Brooks. Please do not talk about Albert Brooks anymore. And we'll be like, we said we couldn't prove it. We couldn't prove it, and we talked about how good you are as a comedian. You said you were a great comedian, and we have no reason to assume that you've molested children. All of right. that is positive, Albert. <laughs> Gosh, freaking Hollywood, man. So no, he it it. it, it it is a series of incredibly funny quips and scenes mashed together as a movie. Uh, that has a really cool storyline. So go go watch that. Go watch Defending Your Life when we're done. Go watch Defending Your Life. And then vote for Vermin Supreme. Do you have anybody on your show tomorrow? I don't. I'm actually not doing a show tomorrow, but I am going to start re, uh, updating. And, and now that I'm not doing my convention circuit... I'm going to be doing the, uh, I'm going to be doing, uh, redoing the show or re restarting the show. <laughs> Cause it's, it's been long enough for at this point, I can say I'm rebooting the show. I'm going to be, uh, 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 re having, re- uh, that's what I'm looking for. Renewing new episodes of the show. Uh, cause it's not going to be a new show. It's the same show. I just haven't done it in like three, three or four weeks. Um, but yeah, we're going to have, uh, we're going to have more episodes coming up. I already have a ton of guests. I just have to schedule it and, you know, do show notes for it. Um, but, uh, but yeah, we're going to have a lot of fun stuff. We're going to have the Fakertarians on to do a science episode. We're going to talk about sciencey stuff, which is going to be fun. Cause I don't really know a lot about science, but we're going to let them talk about it. Um, trying to, uh, trying to organize, to get Rod Weber on the show. Um, going to have, who else are we going to have on the show? I've got, I've got a guy, uh, um, uh, Dana Tiago Burton, who is a leader. He's from Detroit and he's a leader in the Chinese battle rap scene. Going to have him on. Um, I'm blanking out on at least two or three other people that are we're, we're, that we're gonna have on the show. We're gonna have some, some exciting episodes. Nothing tomorrow, but exciting stuff coming up. Uh, I will probably be going live at least a couple times uh, this Saturday. I will be in Lee County, South Carolina, doing pound the pavement tours with the both the North and South Carolina Libertarian parties as part of the Vermin Spike 2020 outreach. Let's get that graphic up there that everyone loves. Furman Spike 2020 taking over uh, outreach to normal people that whose vote we'll actually need in the general election, which I'm told is important. 
be doing that. And uh, yeah, so that's what we got going on. Uh, and then be sure to tune in next week, right now, uh, for the very next episode of the of the Muddy Waters of Freedom, where Matt Wright and I will be parsing through the week's events. Oh, Super Tuesday! Oh, that is Super Tuesday. Yeah, tune in for a Super Tuesdaycular episode of the Muddied super Waters Tuesdays. The what? The superest of Tuesdays. The superest of Tuesdays. The Tuesdacular of it's a Tuesgasm. We're gonna we're gonna workshop that name. We're gonna never we say that again. again. Yeah, never say that one ever again. Because <laughs> that's not what we're doing. No. Let's be clear. This is a family friendly show. Whose family? I'm not sure. But this is a show that is friendly to, I'm sure... Serotonin's family watches Serotonin's family. The Tonin family is all tuned in. Toned in. To all tone, toned in. Yep. So yeah, a super tustacular episode of the Muddy Waters of Freedom where we will be parsing through Super Freaking Tuesday to watch that mess splatter across the screen for all to see. So guys, have a great week. Matt, if someone were to, in the meantime, go on the internet and look for us, how? So it's pretty simple. All you have to do is go to Facebook at facebook.com slash muddiedwatersmedia. You can also go to Twitter and find us at twitter.com slash muddied underscore waters. You can go Mm -hmm. to float for the greatest muddied waters experience out there. Yeah at float.flote.app slash muddied waters media you can listen to every audio version of this on one all of your favorite podcasting apps but you could also leave us messages at anchor.fm slash muddied waters you can watch us at youtube.com slash muddied waters media you can just follow us to see a lot of memes at instagram.com slash muddied waters media and you can find this and every episode at muddiedwatersmedia.org.com.com.com. Don't do .org. I don't know what that will bring up. So don't do that. Um, oh, and I'm on Twitter now. I'm mostly nice. doing vermin-related stuff, but occasionally I put up anti-police memes too. So it's a nice mix of stuff. Uh uh, so uh, uh, check me out at 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 realspikecohen dot com. If you or not dot com, just I'm not good at Twitter. Re- wow. At real oh, at <laughs> text Spike Cohen to three o three o three 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 o spikecohen dot com. Go to Twitter and look up real Spike Cohen. So it's like twitter.com slash real spike Cohen or at real spike Cohen. I'm pretty sure that's true. So you can find me there. If you go to just spike Cohen, it's a guy in the UK who I think died seven years ago and they still won't give me his name. Poor so you are not going to find like, there's nothing new on there. Put it that way. What? Poor spike Cohen. It's terrible terrible he died seven years ago he died seven years ago 
He just so the name going. just stays there forever. It does. Yeah. So go to realspitecohen.com and you can uh, interact with me on the Twitters and watch me learn how to use Twitter in real time. <laughs> I'm getting there. I'm getting there. And doing a much better job than... Chris Reynolds says, dude tweets 24-7. I think it's a bot. Um, Who, me? No, I think Spike Cohen might may have gotten hacked. Well, definitely don't go there because the, that's not him because he wasn't been there for a while. Right. So, yeah. Uh, so, uh, so be sure to follow us on all those things Matt and I said. Right. And we love you. So, yeah. Uh, we will. So, have a great week. And, oh, man, I haven't done this show in a while. Can you tell? Have a great week. Where we're going. We don't need roads.